Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. There's an amazing story covered in both The Echo and The Examiner this morning, and it has to do with uh, Reardon's um, liquor license renewal, which is, um, which is coming up, and the guards have objected to the renewal of the license uh, of Reardon's on Washington Street. It employs up to 300 people, and it's a big social hub in the city. And as, as they're saying, for 25 or 30, 30 years, uh, it's been run tip-top in Bristol fashion, and that their license really shouldn't be taken off them because of one mistake. That's pretty much what their defence counsel is saying. It's before the courts. I think it's amazing. Um, they, they closed off one of the streets there, put in large TV screens and other screens. There was a big All-Ireland hurling final. You remember it. It was the Cork Limerick match. Uh, I don't have any, anything much to say about that. Uh, that. That's what they did, and they, you know apologised and things like that. But um, what I think is extraordinary about this is the judge has gone away now to think about whether or not um, she will allow the renewal of the license or because if the license isn't renewed, uh, then it's gone. The building's gone and the business is gone. But the problem for them is that Berlin D2 bar in Dublin lost their license for a boozy brunch that they had in there. It was advertised as a very boozy baked brunch with your buds. And it took place um, in the middle of fairly strict COVID-19 guidelines at the time. Now, there was 46 people inside in the pub. They had a disc jockey there. You might remember one, one member of staff, masked staff member, was dancing on the bar and pouring shots uh, into the mouths of dancing customers. That went viral, as the fellow says. Uh, Jay Burke, the owner at the time, said that it was 30 seconds of madness. Now, they lost their license and they um, closed. Um, they were refused. So it's going to be interesting as to whether judges go out and look at other similar cases and use that as a guideline. I, I don't know. I mean... I can't say much about it because the judge is deliberating, but I think it's an incredible story. Um, and really, I wouldn't want to be that judge making that call. Um, there were calling in pubs across the city yesterday. Now, bear in mind, we were talking about the harp, but Flannery's got very busy. Mock's got very busy. Sissy Young's got very busy. The examiner has, a, in fairness now, the examiner has a, a lovely story. It's very balanced, actually, because I actually happened to be driving around the college road yesterday and I did see a lot of college students and they were in their Christmas jumpers, but they were all in great form. I mean, I know it was lunchtime, so it's hard to know when they were piling in and out of the off-license and everything, but they're the things that students do. Now, I know I get criticised for that because of restrictions and COVID and the spread and the virus and the latest wave, but the examiner this morning said, magazine road by lunchtime. Um, the, the pubs were getting very busy and by two o'clock the pubs were closed doors because they were full and they could only take in so much. There's a lovely piece in the uh, Examiner article that says that um, the local centra saw huge queues for food in the morning and lunchtime. I suppose they were getting the soakage in and the owner praised the students for the behaviour. They were exceptionally well behaved. Now I know you will say it was lunchtime. What would they have been like at six or seven o'clock? I don't know. But he said the two of them uh, came in early and asked for bags because they were, they were gathering up all of the litter outside the pubs, they were saying, and they were going to be doing all of that. Um, and they're the kind of things you don't hear about. Uh, and I, as a reference there, Sissy Young's on, on Barrick Street and the Harp Bar and, you know, mocks and places like that. Mind you, Catherine Clancy from the Magazine Road Residents Association said that um, uh, to see sh- students coming out of shops and off-licenses with water bottles, emptying them, and mixing alcohol uh, is unacceptable, she says. So I don't know how it went last night. Maybe people in the Magazine Road, College Road, Connacht Avenue, um, maybe Balafihan area will let me know. Uh, but publicans are pleading now with the government not to introduce lockdowns uh, the run-up to Christmas, not to close the pubs. That it, you know, And I know we've heard it before, it would be devastating, but this would really be the last straw for them. But uh, apparently, Leo Varadkar, I believe, was on... I'm open to correction on this, but I think he was on, I think he was on CNN 
and he's blasting the 5% of the population that aren't vaccinated. He said 5% are causing a lot of trouble, he says. About 5% are not fully vaccinated, but about 50% of people in hospital and ICU are those 5%, if you like, because 50% of the ICU and hospital beds are filled with people who aren't fully vaccinated. So he said even that 5% can create an awful lot of difficulty, and that's picked up by the Star this morning. Uh, Antigen tests for schools for free, um, that's making the mirror today, and that'll happen for the 29th of November. But there are crises in our schools, and a very big crisis in the schools is 12,000 teachers who are out sick, uh, taking 66,000 days leave last month alone, apparently. And that means that the school system and the teaching system is now on the brink of collapse. And there's been very high demand for COVID tests, so much so uh, that the Echo says that no COVID test appointment was available to book online over the last number of days of this week. Because they're, they, they can only cater for so many, they actually upped the amount that they could take in the system as it was and can do no more. But at the same time, for those that are supposed to go and avail of their booster shot, the examiner this morning says that up to maybe up to 50% um, of people who've been offered a, a COVID booster shot have failed to show up, which is extraordinary. And meanwhile, surgeries are being shut down in hospitals right across the country because apparently they're saying that our hospitals have gone into COVID war footing, according to the front page of The Independent. I'll come back in a few minutes to um, the uh, inquest into the death of 36-year-old Marie Downey and her four-year-old son, Dara. Uh, The inquest returned a verdict of medical misadventure in both cases. I will return to that in a few minutes' time, but there's uh, very, very upsetting and harrowing reports in both uh, The Mail with Olivia Kelleher and uh, also uh, Owen English in this morning's Examiner, where he quotes um, Kieran Downey as saying, Uh, They will live in our hearts forever because the heartbroken dad spoke of the family's pain at the deaths of his wife and indeed son. And I will be playing some of that audio a little later on. Anybody following the Graham Dwyer legal fight at the moment over his murder conviction? That's going all the way to Europe and it will, uh, it's actually, he's actually taking on Irish law and EU law. Uh, Of course, he was nailed um, for the killing and the slaying and the murder of Elaine O'Hara very much by his uh, mobile phone texts and pinging on various masts. And they're fighting that now, saying that it's all, that it wasn't lawful for the guards to use the phone data against him in the murder trial. And that was the key evidence that helped secure his conviction. But if he's successful, then some of Ireland's most infamous criminals would, like him, walk free. So what are the red tops of that one today? And of course, Garth Brooks will play not five gigs, but two gigs in Croker and two of the red tops, including the Mirror, have it on their front page saying, Brook your tickets. But you know the stage crashes that we hear about going through our courts? Well, insurance companies are getting much more serious about that. And Zurich mounted a forensic probe into an accident. Um, and four people who claimed a quarter of a million euro in damages for personal injuries um, had their case thrown out by a judge yesterday. He was satisfied that the actual collision was staged. Not only did he throw the claims out, but he awarded costs against them. Costs of €80,000. Now, will that ever be paid? I don't know. Uh, But the court accepted that the four people in it had been driven to a predetermined site uh, to be rear-ended by a hire car. So Budget Rent-A-Car and Zurich fought it and won in the courts. Um, It was found that um, there were links to to actual three other collisions almost in the same spot involving some of the claimants in the car in the past. Uh, They were before the courts, uh, obviously, because they were looking to uh, be paid out for this staged accident. 
inverted commas, two cars uh, where the accident was claimed. Uh, Lucas Urbaniak, uh, Magdalena Urbaniak, and a couple by the name of Stanek, uh, all from the Dublin area. And the court heard that the rental car had been hired the previous day by another man who had also links to earlier accidents. So they really are getting a lot more serious. Uh, so there are other colour stories which we'll come back to throughout the course of the morning. Um, but can I just mention this, because I was thinking about this yesterday. So I saw it popping up um, on, on news feeds. And this is Scott Morrison, the Australian Prime Minister, who found himself in hot water because of uh, comments that he made uh, regarding uh, apprenticeships and people in business and women in business and women in IT, women in brewing. What he was trying to say, and I believe he said, was that it was a fantastic thing that more and more women now are being recognized for the skills and the work and the talent that they have. But he ended up then being called patronizing. Uh, He ended up being called racist. He ended up being called out of date, out of touch. He got uh, termed as being involved in good old racism and Irish stereotyping. So he got absolutely hammered um, as being a racist as being patronised, patronising. And the woman at the centre of all this is a woman called Claire Hallisey. She's from Blarney in County Cork and she's flying out in Sydney working for Tuohy's Brewery. So this is the piece of audio. Uh, I'd love you to make up your own mind on this. Um, This is what the uh, Premier, the Australian Premier, actually said. Giselle has come from um, Venezuela and of course Claire from Ireland. Um, of course there's going to be uh, an Irish girl here in a brewery um, with their brewing skills. And these skills are being brought from all around the world but it's great to see female apprentices, female engineers here part of the biggest brewery operation here in New South Wales. I mean, what's, what's wrong with that? Am, am I missing something? Have we come to a point now where people, certainly online, will find uh, outrage in every single thing? Does it take just one person to start and everybody... Uh, please explain to me, what am I misreading or mishearing in that clip? Uh, like, we do have the greatest brewing skills in the world. Um, we're renowned for our whiskey. We're renowned for our stout, whether that's Guinness, which is all over the world, Murphy's, of course, and, and Beamish. Um, and he's trying to say that it's great to see more and more women at the forefront. How is that patronizing? Uh, she has no problem with it herself, you know. But if I'm misreading something, I just think we've arrived at a point now where people will be afraid to open their mouth at all and say anything, particularly men, totally and utterly afraid to open their mouths for fear that somebody will find it offensive or patronizing or racist. Your thoughts on that? Text 0868104106. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. So we had the uh, jury uh, returning uh, at the inquest into the death of 36-year-old Marie Downey and her four-day-old son, Dara. Um, I'm reading from Olivia Kelleher's copy in the mail this morning. They've returned uh, verdicts of medical misadventure in both cases and uh, Dara sustained irreversible brain damage after his mom, his mother Marie, uh, had an epileptic seizure and she collapsed out of her bed uh, with Dara and unfortunately pinned the baby under her. Uh, and of course, if you were following the inquest during the week, uh, you'll be aware of that. Um, they're from Kildarian County Cork and passed away within 33 hours of each other after the tragedy in March of uh, 2019. And the inquest heard uh, that uh, Dara's life could have been saved had a member of staff walked into the room and taken action within around four minutes um, 
uh, of Miss Downey falling from the bed and, and trapping her son under her. It was absolutely heartbreaking and, and, and harrowing, I have to say. Um, Kevin Downey uh, spoke afterwards to the media. Now, you're going, uh, this, this audio was provided for me by Paul Byrne from Virgin Media News. I want to say thank to him for that and to uh, Olivia Keller and to Owen English at the Examiner. But um, this is just a, a section of, of what uh, Kieran Downey had to say yesterday. We waited over two and a half years for this day to arrive. And while relieved, this painful process is over. Our hearts remain broken. We are grateful to the jury for their verdicts and recommendations, which will, we hope, spare this kind of profound, shocking tragedy from touching the lives of any other family ever again. Marie and I sought what we thought was the best possible care for her and paid to go private. We were let down and we feel failed by the system. Marie and Dara will never be forgotten and will live in our hearts forever. Can I ask you, what did Marie Marie actually mean to you um, and Dara? What do they mean to you, Kieran? They meant everything, obviously. I've never been so happy in my life on the day Dara was born. Do you have faith in the system to improve and to make maternity services safer for for Do I have faith after the last three days? No. The recommendations from the jury are very good and should be implemented. But based on past history, I have my doubts. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. It should never have happened. It should hopefully never, ever, ever happen again. Absolutely tragic, harrowing um, misfortunes. Marie Downey and her 40-year-old son, Dara, and that was uh, dad and, and husband Kevin Downey talking yesterday to the media and our thoughts are with him and all of the family. Lines open at one 104 106 You can text 0868-104-106. Pick up the phone uh, on one 104 106 uh, There were actually, you know what, you talk about tragedies. There's a couple of tragedies averted actually in the in, on Leeside in the recent past and one of them was uh, somebody who witnessed an attack uh, in Jerry O'Sullivan Park in Churchfield, an American pit bull terrier. The dog mauled a small Yorkshire terrier, which was left lifeless. And the owners, the owner in hysteric screaming. Now, the dog had no lead nor collar, just seemed to be roaming all over the place alone. May got out from home or whatever, and a passerby working uh, nearby ran to fend him off from attacking other dogs who were walking in the park. And there's a playground in the park and a creche across the road where the dog was originally walking in a creche. We're talking about um, an American pit bull terrier now. Um, anyway, the uh, emailer who sent photographs to me said, I don't want to, I don't want to think of what could have happened if, the, if a child uh, was to run out and be in the similar area, but the guards were called. It might be wise for dog owners to check their side gates uh, where their dogs are kept because it would be heartbreaking to think that both dogs and indeed maybe even children could suffer because of carelessness and like that. But um, here's a harrowing story for you. Michelle, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? Uh, you're very brave, I have to say. This was yesterday afternoon, yeah? It was. Now, Neil, I didn't... I drove past the scene in the park. Yeah. And I stopped because, obviously, there was cars blocking the road and we couldn't. But there was a girl um, called Regina, and Audrey is the girl that owned it, the dog, that her dog sadly passed away. Um, so, fair play to Regina. She stayed with Audrey and got her down to the vet and stuff but I, I witnessed all that going on and I drove on over towards Little and I saw this lady walking her two little dogs so I said I'd pull in and tell her you know go the opposite way just in case yeah. 
And as I pulled in, this another dog, same style dog, um, came out of nowhere. And was it the same dog, though, do you think? No, no, two yeah. different dogs. What? Same breed, two different dogs. Well, I mean, um, the uh, the one that I'm getting from Jerry O'Sullivan Park was an American pit bull terror, terrier. Are you suggesting there was a bull staff, bull mastiff? I, I probably don't have the wrong make of okay, dog. Okay, okay. Big, big dog, big head. Um, now, the dog in the park was a, a, a tan-coloured dog. Yeah, I have it here. I have the foot, yeah. yeah. And the dog over by Little was like a tan and white okay. dog. Okay, two different dogs. Okay. Uh, two different dogs, same breed. Okay. And um, I was just getting out of the car to tell Caroline, go the opposite way, and the dog locked on to her pup. I'll never forget it. Absolutely. It was horrific. So we, she was talking to a man, um, and he had a stick, and we were kind of, you know, poking him with a stick and hitting him with a stick to get him off the dog. Um, the poor dog was screaming. I'll never forget the dog. And only for this, the two men pulled in in a work uh, lorry and jumped out and um, got the dog to leave and go. So there was blood everywhere on poor Caroline's dog. So we got her into the car. We were shaking, absolutely shaking over it. Um, her poor dog was so shook up. He never whimpered, no or nothing. And um, we would we thought he was dead at once, but at one point. But um, it was absolutely horrific need to watch. And do you know something, just going back to the earlier attack, and you say the earlier attack was another dog, not the same yeah. dog. That dog, dog in the earlier attack, the um, the Yorkshire Terrier, that dog died, right? That dog died, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, I rang Regina um, through Facebook, because I, I didn't have a number for her, and I said, well, you know, what happened with, with the dog? She goes, Michelle, the dog actually passed away. Like, the injuries were that bad to the dog. Mother of God, Okay. So I rang Caroline back in the evening, yesterday evening, to see how her dog was. I took her number off her when I dropped her home yesterday because I wanted to see how the dog was going to be. So she said her dog was kept in, um, in the vets overnight and they'd have to shave because you could see all the bite marks she was saying and they had to be cleaned, but the dog um, was very shook up. Okay, now the oh, two men that stopped, were they just driving by, was it? They were just driving by, they were workmen, they were actually from the Holly Hill area. I recognised one person, I think his name was Kenneth. He um, jumped out, whatever he did, he obviously has, um, you know, he knows how to, to work with dogs. He literally um, caught him kind of from behind, so by his hind legs and stuff, and literally within like five minutes, he had the dog um, let go, and they were after getting a rope over the back of their work van and tied it around the dog. But like that, Next. that dog could have turned on him. Neil, I tell you now, I got such a because I was actually kind of poking him with the stick to get him off. And instantly, you know, like you'd kind of grab a dog, like by the back of the neck. I locked onto the dog on the back of the neck, and then I kind of stopped and went, Jesus, stop, in case he turns. And I kind of got nervous then, but it was just the poor dog was wailing so much. You I mean, know, like, I, nobody I know. knows what to do in that situation. You, do you, I mean, you, if you follow the news at all, you'll hear of attacks all over the world from dogs on the yeah. dangerous dogs list that have killed children. There was one there recently in Wales. Uh, there was an inquest into it where um, uh, a little 10-year-old t- fella, little 10-year-old was, was killed, um, little boy there. Um, like like that the, park. The dog, was eight, the dog was eight stone weight, known as the Beast. Oh, my God. It was called Beast. Um, well, those two dogs yesterday were vicious, and they literally, like, you'd know, they were probably, like, for me looking in, they could have been used for fighting. They were so aggressive. So, so aggressive. Like that dog just literally walked across the road and pounced on that woman's dog. And these dogs, like, do they, 
do they have collars and do they because um, the dog I saw had no collar I don't know about the dog in the park because those dogs are supposed to be out on a lead if they're being walked with a muzzle on not walking around yeah. on their own um, like attacking other dogs or, or, or hanging area. out in children's, crash, in children's playgrounds yeah. Someone has to know who owns those dogs in the area. I mean, it's only going like, to be a question of time having, before one yeah, of these well, dogs. Yeah, well, I ran the guard station and the guard was like, yeah, we're aware that there's a dog in the park. And I was like, no, there's actually a second dog as well. So they didn't even know about the second dog. Now, I don't know what happened to the second dog. I dropped Caroline home and I came back down that way. The guards were in the Grand Park. They had the dog caught on a lead and... Um, by the time I got over by Little, the people that were there holding the other dog were gone. So I don't even know what happened to the dogs. I'm yeah. only hoping that they were put down. You, but you don't even know where they went? No. Yeah. No. Like nobody came along and claimed them and took them off home or anything? No, no. no. The guards, there was about five guards over in Grand Station and the uh, the dog was on like they had, I don't know where they got the lead, like a lead or it could have been a chain out or it needs to be honest. But they had, uh, the dog was like they had the dog chained up. Because the original email that I received here with, with a photograph of the dog was saying that um, you know people, own dog owners need to check their side gates. Do you think they just kind of wandered out as an open gate? I don't know. Yeah. They were just too, like, to be honest, you know, like, like, like I have two boxers. Mine are constantly, in, like, they'd be in, they're brought up, they walk, they're brought home. Um, they, I don't know, do they get out? But, like, they were too aggressive, Neil. Okay, Dennis was there as well. Hold on, Dennis, good morning. Good morning, Niall. Yeah, you, you were one of the first to arrive. To I which, actually, which, well, myself and the lady are good friends. Which and, scene did uh, you arrive to? Was it to uh, Jerry O'Sullivan Park or was, was it Cronobar Park? Um, I was actually there first and uh, all of a sudden we were speaking for about maybe two or three minutes and the dog appeared and the dog locked down, locked down to the other lady's dog. No, the dog was a Staffordshire Bull. Is that what it was? Staffordshire Bull Terrier. Bull, yes. Is that on the dangerous dogs list? Well, he would be, I say, yes. No, he was a big bull because I passed him maybe two or three minutes previous on um, Churchville Avenue and he was wandering around. I crossed the road to a lady and we were having a discussion and all of a sudden he locked on to the cat, on to the other dog. Now, the lady I saw at the moment, she came in fairness with the car and I had the stick and we actually I broke know. Oh, we broke dog. the stick. I'll have to replace your stick. Don't you worry about the stick. <laughs> I was hitting the dog across the head with a stick and the dog wouldn't let go. No, they won't let go anyway because they lock on and you can't get them off. Now, what the lady said about the two lads in the truck, it's very true. You know, that, that chap knew what he was actually doing. He had a, a good knowledge of yeah, dogs. Yeah, you know? you know, the lad the, ten, the, the lad in Wales that was, um, I won't go into the injury he suffered, but he died. He was only 10 years old. He was mauled and torn to death by a Staffordshire Bull Terrier. Now, when they lock on, Niall, there's no way to get him off. Yeah. Like, I bait the dog across the head. The lady was there. I was baiting the dog across the head with the stick. Yeah. And no way would he yelp or would he let go. Nothing. Yeah, totally agree. He came, was literally... The two lads who came actually had knowledge of dogs. Otherwise, the, the dog w- wouldn't have let go of the other dog. He'd have okay. killed him, actually. Okay. And, yeah. there, and there were children and, and families and parents and kids. Of course there was, yeah. It's a very busy yeah. area. It's, it's, it's around the, yeah. the So is it not area. just a question of time before one of these dogs locks onto a child? Of course there is. Yeah, Make that sure. could have ended very dangerous, like very seriously yesterday. There was kids in that park after school in Skull Padre Pio. That, that park is constantly full of children. It could have been a child yesterday that was attacked. And, and it's, it's, around time, and it's around, actually around school hour. 
So there would, yeah. there would be a lot of kids in the okay, area. Okay, somebody you know? who wants yeah. to remain anonymous says, yes, there were two dogs. They were Staffordshire Terriers. One small dog was killed. Um, yeah. People might confuse the Staffordshire Bull Terrier well, with a pit bull. bull. Um, a big dog. I, I've got some dogs. I kept okay, them. but just this person is saying, Staffies are not aggressive. Both were picked mm-hmm. up yesterday and the owners are assisting the Gardaí and the CSPCA. Uh, they said that it was an accident that the That's dogs rubbish. got out. That's complete rubbish. Okay. Because okay. any dog, even even yockeys, even yockeys can be dangerous for kids. Yeah. Those stuff, say bulls, are actually, they're actually mm. dangerous dogs. That's a, but do you agree friend. that that dog yesterday was very, like he was aggressive, even the stance on him and the walk across the road before I got out to ye. That's he right. literally, like... He was aggressive. Do you know, like you see a dog just walking, that you might walk past the dog, the dog is going to walk past you. That dog was out looking like, I, I, my opinion is, he's like a fighting dog. Like he said, I'm out now dog. and I'm, look, I'm out now and I'm looking for trouble. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The gene is in them now. That's the breeding they have. They're bred for fighting, they're bred for hunting. So like, there's yeah. no stuff to bull, quiet. He may be quite well, he may be he may be quite with the owner and so forth, but he's certainly yeah. not quite. It was absolutely it could have been a child's meal inside in the park and it would have been absolutely. a total different and that's story the point, today. That's the point I'm making. Sooner or later and that I mean, will that, be reported like, Audrey's as dog now is dead, God love her. I mean, that's probably her like her little companion. And now she's traumatized. And today, to witness the death, dead. of course, is traumatic, without a doubt. Yeah. Something she'll never forget. Yeah. Yeah. The girl was actually shaken. She was in a, she was in a bad state. Now she was she was actually. Oh, Caroline a, was very shook up. She was really. You know, I was actually. We were shaking. Went up in the car. Myself, my son was with me, um, and he special needs. He was freaking out inside the car. Yeah. I say okay. one more thing now. Yeah. Lady, just speaking at the moment, she's a very brave lady. You're all very brave and fair. She is, and so are you, and to the lads that came along as well. Appreciate it. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you, Michelle. Cheers to both no of you. Thanks very much. Uh, I'm going to find out actually what the Garda, I imagine it's probably Grana Braher, what Garda have to say on this matter and what they're going to do and what will happen to do those two dogs. Will an apology be enough or will there be a next time when it could be an awful lot worse? You can text 0868104106. Remember, it's a free food Friday as well today. Your chance to scoop pizza for you and all of your workmates. I suppose more people working from home now again, but having said that, whether you're working from home or you're at work, you're entitled to get involved. So text 0868 104 106. Text who you are and where you are. This will feed up to 15 of you. Six large pizzas with garlic breads, potatoes, drinks, dips and desserts. And if you are working remotely, you can just get the vouchers and share them with your workmates and you can have a Zoom pizza party. All right, courtesy of yourselves and Oak Fire Pizza. So text who you are and where you are to 0868104106. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at NeilRedFM. Okay, a quick shout out actually to a Corkman, Ben Lenehan, who's doing a half Ironman race in Egypt right now. I hope he's got the ear pods in. It's a 1.9 kilometer swim. It's a 114 kilometer cycle and then a half marathon run. He's as fit as a butcher's dog. I want to give him a shout out. He started at 5 a.m. our time and he's aiming to do it in around five and a half to six hours. So well done to him and uh, all the best. Corkman doing well. I don't know what the heat would be like in Egypt if they, you know, start early in the morning. It probably helps, but he's in the middle of a, an Ironman race at the moment. So fair play to him. And Ben and uh, all of the family are a great bunch. And his dad, Jerry, and mother, Martine, and all the family send him best wishes as well. Oh, listen, breaking news. Um, I know it's not comparable to our numbers, but Austria is really picking up the pace. They've gone into a full national Lockdown, And the Chancellor has said that it will run for a maximum of 20 days. Austria gone into full lockdown. And if you're going to add into that, from the 1st of February 
in Austria. It will be a legal requirement for everybody to get vaccinated. Now, uh, that's really turning up the screws legally, saying it'll be, you legally will have, I don't know what they'll, they will do if people don't get vaccinated. I mean, that's for another day. Are they going to jail them? Probably won't let them go to work. They'll lose their jobs, I suppose. But they've got 66% fully vaccinated. We've got 95%. I mean, the Austrians are well, one of the lowest rates in, in Europe at this stage, only 66%. That's why they've gone back into lockdown. So we have 95% vaccinated and 5% unvaccinated. So we're, I guess we're nowhere near any kind of rules or legislation or hopefully lockdown like they are. But that's the latest news coming out of uh, out of Europe. Lines open one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Regina's standing by, so is Philly. But first up, if you don't mind, I'll just talk to Mark first. Mark, good morning. Hey, good morning. I'm staying with the, I'm staying with this story because if one was there yesterday, um, and because I wasn't, so I'm relying on you guys. It was absolutely horrific. You were attacked. Yeah, um, to be honest, I just by the orthopedic hospital to make it hear screaming. And yeah. that's a fair. That's a fair. That's How far is that? Like, would it be half a mile, kind of thing? Ah, uh, no, no. Well, you know, it'd be a couple of hundred yards. Yeah, a couple hundred yards. Okay. Like, you know, I don't know, I thought it was children and uh, I just kept walking and taking the notice and I got into the park and I saw I saw the dog go up in the far side with a load of people but it was, you know, I saw the woman screaming but she was done with her dog. Uh, I assumed somebody owned the pit bull, you know, because the pit bull wasn't attacking anyone. It was standing next to him. And when I got in, but I got near, it saw me and it, started, it turned and ran towards me, you know. And then, I would lose my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd be honest, I have, a fine big, I have a fine big stick with a metal uh, spike on the end of it. Cause I've, been, I've been attacked before from the hospital by dogs and uh, the girls are not involved with me, you know. Go away. So, um, yeah, so I decided to uh, defend myself. And I saw, yeah, I, I beat the crap out of the thing, but you know, I mean, it was like pe- hitting it with a piece of rubber form, but it... It had no me. effect on the dog whatsoever. No, no, I've honest, no, what I should have done is, is, is like, the top of the... the, top of the the walking stick has a metal spike like, you know, what I should have done is impaled him, you know. God. You know, that's why I bought the stick, like, just to do that, like, with an aggressive dog, you know? Did you have dogs with you? I had two huskies. I tell you, no, Neil, it was like something of a horror movie. He had his, he had my dog's neck in his mouth. And he was about to close, and I, I just pulled my dog's neck out of his mouth, and he chomped down twice. Because my dog's neck was covered in blood, but it wasn't his blood, it was from the other dog. And uh, okay, so this was a Staffordshire Bull Terrier. Is it? Does yeah. it bark when it's attacking? Does it snarl, no, growl? No, it just it just goes, man. Of course, but I mean, it locks, man. That you got to see what you got to think, Neil. Is you know when you're hitting the dog, and its mouth is closed. Yeah. It's going to it's it's like a human. When you hit a person, you'll grind. You know, you'll grind your teeth to take the pain. Yeah. So the dog does the same. The more you hit the dog, the more it bites down. Good God, it's just, so hitting it or trying to get it, exactly. makes it... you're just making things worse, but what you got to do is kill it, stone dead, like, you know, just kill it outright. But I tell you, when I went off to the gas station, I was with the CP, CSPCA van when they collected them. Yeah. <coughs> and uh, I asked them what, what will happen now, and they said they'll be collected by the owners. And if anybody wants to do anything, it'll be a civil matter between the owners and the owners of those dogs. The girls are staying out of it. The girls are not going to do it. No, it would be very different if a if a child or a human was attacked. Though it's well, a civil matter because it's somebody's pet. Years. I was attacked eight years ago and put in hospital man, for overnight. You know what I mean? And my dog went to the vet overnight, and the girls never did nothing about it. Did did um, <laughs> did a dangerous dog lock onto you? Oh yeah, there was two of them. Two, two of them. By they they attacked my dog. I tried to stop them. Then they attacked me. I was I, I was in hospital. By I was um I've all I've um I've still the hospital reports and all the pictures and everything. But 
Did you take any civil action or anything? Did anything become no, of it? No, I didn't. I didn't. No, no. I've honest, no, Lee. All I was doing was getting death threats off the guy, but... Mother of God you. almighty. Oh, yeah, he's a neighbour. All right, we'll leave it at that then. We won't say any oh, more no, about that. Any so, um, there were two different dogs yesterday. You were aware of that? Yeah, I'm lucky but I didn't come across the second one. So the first one you were in Jerry O'Sullivan Park, that's where the dog actually uh, tore another yeah, dog apart. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was the woman screams that I could hear from the orthopedic hospital. Yeah. That far away, I looked from the park. I, I just thought it was children. But I, do you know something? I have to thank one of the guys that was there as well, the fellas from the um, the truck, I suppose. Yeah. The two lads. Because while I was beating the guy with the stick, he pulled out a two by four. An actual two by four, no. And he was walloping the dog upside the head, and I was walloping the dog behind the dog was still standing. Still, still locked on. Still yeah. going, still going, you know what I mean? Like, I tell you now, why? Like, I, I bounced down, Neil, the way I, like, I picked up to the gas station, I called the gas, like, I'm going home with my dog now, and I'm going getting a couple of tools, and I'm going over, and I'm just going to kill the dog myself, you know what I mean? What did they say to that? Oh, they said you can't, like, but, you know what I mean? There's no law against that, Neil. But sooner or later, it's, it's going to be a child, animal, like, isn't it? I mean, like, the dog, one of them attacked you, so if there was a, uh, if there was a five or a six-year-old walking across, the dog oh, would yeah, have attacked those that dogs, Those dogs, no, Neil, will not be put down. It will not happen to those dogs. Like, nothing will happen about this now unless that lady wants to take civil action against that family. The girls, no, have no, they have no law. Like, what I said to the girl is, if, if he's got no law to go over that, then how's he got a law for, to go over me killing that dog? Like, if that dog killed my dog, there'd be no, they couldn't do nothing about it. So but it's different, okay, but they probably are saying that, it, that, that these dogs attacked and killed another dog and mauled a second dog but it wasn't a human, so therefore, there's uh, no so prosecution. That, that's, that's a lot of crap, right? let's be honest about it. Oh, no, I'm I mean, just like, saying. Oh, with we're, we're all, uh, yeah, but we're all saying like, dogs are like part of your family, but you know what I mean? That's like somebody come up and kill your child, you know what I mean? Uh, well, it's heartbreaking for both, particularly the oh, girl yeah, who yeah, lost her little I, terrier. I if I got back, if I got back well, and I went to one of those dogs to know, no, why in here we're on the radar, because I know they have the dogs as well, you know what I mean? Because I got into CSPC at this morning, the dogs like the the owners of the dogs got in contact with them. You know what I mean? Okay, well, I'd love if they got in. I'd love if they got in contact with me if they're up for it, and I'd love to chat oh, with them. Oh, jeez, Neil, I couldn't see man. How are they going to defend that crap? I well, let's let's, let's find out. Let's find out. Thanks, Mark. Cheers, bud. Thank you. Okay. Take care. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six for everybody, including the dog owners, if you so wish. Regina, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Thanks. Thanks for holding. You were in the park, which should have been Jerry O'Sullivan Park yesterday. That's right. Yeah. So you well, did you I see just, the did you see the Yorkshire Terrier being attacked? I did. I was actually just passing in the car, and I I heard screams, and I knew the girl in question from years ago, and um, I just looked, and I was Jesus, I was, I, I was trying to figure out what was wrong with her, and I looked again, and I could see her dog in the the bullstaff's mouth. So I went over and I tried to help as well. Um, what did you do? Huh? You mean trying to get the dog out of the bus well, I, tried to, I, I tried to calm Audrey first. There's a guy came, he was working across the road with a big plank of wood and he was beating the dog, trying to get him to release the dog. When he eventually released him, he just dropped to the ground. I, I think he was probably more than likely dead. Even though Audrey, the girl started screaming and she was saying, someone take me to the vet, so... And I was the little terrier dog. yelping and barking in pain? No, there wasn't a word out of him. I oh, think practically gone at that stage, you know. Um, put her into the car, took her to the vet in the North Point Business Park and um, 
Tracy, we weren't there long in the Vecchimose. Look, even for a bleeding, we couldn't do anything from trying to restart the heart and didn't work. Poor girl, devastated. But I tell you, it, it was the most horrific thing I ever saw in my life. And I still actually don't feel the better of it. After no, you don't sound happened. the better of it, even now. Um, it was terrible. I'm a dog owner myself, and it was it was just terrible to see. And the fact I knew the girl, I just kind of felt I needed to help her and, you know, take her to the vets and stuff. And we, after a week, came out of the vets, the guards rang, and they asked her to come to the station to make a statement. And I drove her there. Um, no, it just contradicting what that boy said before you there a little. The guards did say to her, that the guards were uh, their dogs were caught. They're in. They were taken away by the wardens, and then more than likely would be destroyed. That's what she was told in the guard. That's what she was told in the guard station. All right. Well, yeah. we did contact Garda Press this morning. Now, I'm just going to say that maybe the records haven't been updated for Garda Press yet, but they came back to us and said there was no record of any dog attacks in the Gronerbraher area for all of yesterday. Uh, on our system. Um, now, there clearly was, and people did talk to guards in Gronerbrar Station, so maybe the system with Garda Press hasn't been updated because it clearly did happen. And, you know, oh, yeah, I witnessed this, yeah, yeah, 100%. And I actually, when we got to the vets and got the dog in, I tried to ring the CSPCA because I said, there was children around that park. Other people, I, I saw, just as we were leaving the park, I saw the guy with the huskies and the dog. Mark. They were trying to be uh, yeah. stop his dogs being attacked as well. Um, I don't know what happened after that. Obviously, he left to go to the vet, but um, they were vicious. They were out to kill, Neil. I, I'm telling you, it's only a question of time that we won't be talking about a terrier, we'll be talking about a child. Yeah, definitely. I actually got such a fright. I, I rang my brother who was living across the way and I said, just make sure your children are in the park or your dog is not out. I said, because this fellow, he's going to kill someone. This is before he was caught now, obviously. Like, okay. you know? Now, I don't know what where the dogs are. Somebody said they're back with the owners. You're saying that they've been taken by the dog warden and will be put down. But if they're on a dangerous dogs list, isn't there a fine then or some kind of a prosecution for having a dog off the muzzle so. wandering? What? I, w- I would hope so, yeah. What's the I point mean, in having a dangerous dogs list if it doesn't come with some kind of legal requirement? Even if they got out accidentally, I like... I, I think, you know, it, it's the owner's responsibility to keep these dogs locked up, basically. They should never be roaming the streets. Just hold on, hold on there for a second, if you wish, right? Because you may, I don't know whether you might respond to this or not. Philly, good morning. Hi, Neil. How's things, right? I'm good, brother. You have, yeah, anyway, hang on a second, because you have pit bulls, right? And then there was, uh, I think these might have been um, American pit bull terriers or perhaps... Somebody said this morning, Staffordshire Bull Terriers. Are they all different types of dogs? Uh, well, they kind of come under the same breed. Like a pit bull is a lot bigger than the bull staff and all this, Neil. But like people are saying this and they're all painting the dogs the same brush. Neil, I have a pit bull at home and I have two German Shepherds. And I have two kids and he's an XL pit bull. He's huge. And I'm telling you now, he is one of the best dogs. No, don't get me wrong. I blame the owners. Okay. Why if do you blame the owners? Are they, bre- are they bred to, behave, to misbehave? They're not. No, no, no. Do your research online about pit bulls. They were called the nanny dog. And they're one of the best dogs. I can bring my kids out to the forest streets anywhere. That dog will stay with them kids. I've him so well socialised, Neil, from pup. I can bring him around. Any dog, he'll run away from a cat, Neil. He's a coward. 
He's one of the best dogs. He sleeps in the bed. He's a house dog. I have no fear of anything. I would walk him, Neil, with no lead. No, don't get me wrong. They are a mercilessly strong dog. And if you have them bred wrong, and they turn on another dog, yes, like people said, you can't get them off. How are they okay, bred wrong, then? In what way? They're not, blooded, not, are they? Not, so, not socialised, not being around other people, locked in back gardens, and then when they get out, Neil, at the end of the day, a dog's a dog. They don't know how to play with another dog. They don't know how to react with another dog. They will turn on another dog. Yes, I'm not disputing that fact. All right. But it's not the dog's fault. A dog's a dog, Neil, at the end of the day. Pitbull, German Shepherds, Rottweilers, you name it, Neil, a dog can turn on another dog. That's the bottom line of it. But it's how you bring a dog up. So the dog, dog that can turn on another dog has an added advantage if it's an eight-stone dog with jaws that lock on you. Oh, um, yeah, don't get me wrong. Yeah, they can, Neil. They are, like, I have a fella there and I play with ropes and stuff with him and he hangs on, Neil. I could swing him around the place and there's no way he's going to let go. But, like, I'll tell him, let go, at a time. And I'm so well-trained, he'll do anything. I'll leave him on the ground, tell him stay, and I'll walk a mile up the road. And he will not move for anybody around him. It's all the way about you bringing up a dog, Neil. I've seen people locking dogs in back gardens. And if they see someone, then they don't know. They don't know how to react. They don't know how to respond. The dog will go for someone. Okay. If you can't, if you don't know how to mind the dog and care for the dog, you shouldn't have one. Bottom line, Neil, it doesn't, people jump on the bandwagon. I've seen people come towards me, Neil, when I'm out walking my dog. And they turn across the other side of the road. But you can't blame them for that. They're just afraid. Yeah, because they don't understand the dog. There's all these people coming online saying, oh, they're this dog, they're that dog. They're painting a, a, a picture of the dog. They're no different than the Jack Russell. The Jack Russell lock on to you just as quick. I've had Jack Russells and they were saucy little dogs. Do you yeah. know what I mean? A dog is a dog, Neil, at the end of the day. Do you know what I mean? You don't understand the dogs. Like pit bulls and bull staffs and all these things. Are some, of them, are some of them bred to be killers, though? Oh, yeah, are, are they used, for, are they used for hunting? Are they blooded for rabbits or foxes or stuff like that? Well, no, they're kind of different dogs. You'd I know, I'm just wondering, because I'm just trying to work out when you say that it's the owners, is it because oh, they're locked in back gardens. Is that all? Or do the owners intentionally breed them? Um, no, but people need... There's people out there, Neil. Get on this bandwagon of, oh, let's get a pit bull. I've seen it, you know, hard man, fucking ages, sorry, no for the language, who don't understand dogs. And they do go around to stereotype these young fellas who buy them and stuff like that. And then they don't have any care for them. They throw them in back gardens, they have no time for the dog. Dog, dog doesn't get socialised with played with nothing and then the dog gets out Neil who's never been out in the world before who doesn't know how to interact with a dog or humans or anything what's he going to do he's a dog he's going mental do you, are, you aware of the, are you aware of the story that out of Waterford earlier this year uh, where um, a small little three month old baby girl was mauled by a dog while sleeping it, it, the dog wasn't part of the home it may have been visiting with other people but it was a terrier well, Neil, I, I can't speak for that dog. I don't know that dog's background. Well, I know where so that the terrier is a small little dog, isn't it? A terrier is like Jack Russell's and stuff. They're small little dogs, like... Okay, the owner... It wasn't believed to be owned by the family. It was staying at the house at the time. A terrier, a small dog. So... Yeah, see? Like, I, I have had terriers, like, and they were my own dogs. And I wouldn't have trusted them. Do you know what I mean, Neil? It's people jumping on the bag wagging the pit bulls. And then, Neil, you know someone who knows pit bulls. And they walk towards me, Neil, on the side of the street. They walk straight up to me, play with the dog. My dog will jump oh, yeah, on the they know you. Them. That's because they know you. But to a stranger, no, your people, dog is a threat. No, no, strangers. Neil, you can walk into my house now unannounced. And I can put my life in this. My dog will run up and play with you. And he's a pit bull. Now the German Shepherds mightn't play with you. Because they'd, they'd be more the guard dog to the house. But my pit bull and I... 
couldn't care less I'll challenge anyone in it no matter what dog it is comes up to my dog he plays with everybody okay. so like this thing of all pit bulls are bad that's horse that's like saying every human being is bad just because one or two are bad ok ok I'd love to so talk to the I'd love to talk to the owners of that though. I wonder were they all were the two, the two different the dogs I wonder what I'd love to see the conditions of the dog's staying in and is he out is he socialised is he this is he that do you know what I mean? I wouldn't go blame the dogs for the way, Neil. In the event of this of this happening with two different dogs, should those dogs now be put down? Neil, you can bring dogs to these therapy places and dog trainers, and they'll teach the dog how to socialise. Right. And now, if a, if a dog is a dangerous dog, Neil, don't have him out without a muzzle, maybe. Don't have him out without a lead. Don't bring him around certain people. Do you know what I mean? See, the dog in question probably won't know the difference between another dog and a child. You know, yeah, because you don't know what his circumstances were. Okay. All right, Philly. Thanks for that. You Appreciate know, it, pal. Take care. Me. Much obliged to you. 1850 106. Uh, text 0868 104 106. Back after 10. Hey, it's Kira. Tune in to Saturday Breakfast on Red FM from 7 a.m. and wake up your weekend with music, chats, and all that's happening in Cork. That's Saturday Breakfast on Red FM with me, Kira Revens. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. And it's our fifth and final day of 200 euro gift cards. Not for one winner, but for two winners. So we'll have two winners, each winning 200 euro worth of gift cards for the Douglas Village Shopping Centre. Opened 50 years ago this week, 1971. So we've been dealing with the decade, the 70s this week. So you need to identify for the fifth and final time the song, the film, the event that happened and then identify the year from which they all come. So what's the year? What's the event that happened in that year? The film from that year and the song. Okay, don't call just yet. I'll play it a few few times as I always do. But here's what I'm talking about. What's the matter? The footy. He kneels as he's done in other countries to kiss the ground as though to say, he too is a man. He too lives on earth. Great song. Great song. I want to play the whole song. The tough one there, I believe, is the film, right? Yesterday it was the event. I think the tough one today is the film. So hang in there. I'll give it a couple of spins. You've got to listen very, very carefully, particularly to the film. So identify the film, the event, the song, and what year they all came from. I think the event is fairly straightforward. Free Food Friday, courtesy of ourselves and Oak Fire Pizza. And if you're buying pizza at the weekend, then pick it up from Oak Fire. Real Wood Fire Pizza, Clonakilty, Bandon, Princess Street, Galabi Street, and also Douglas Village. So it'll feed 15 of you. Morning to everybody at Lara National School in Bandon who are on board. Have a great weekend. Katie O'Connell and all of the staff. Uh, Art Fallon, Late Night Pharmacy. Morning to Caroline, to Brooks Foods and Ring a Skiddy. Hi, Emily. To all of the gang at the Pet Scanning Unit in Cork University Hospital. It'd pizza. They would love it also at Frosh, Ireland in Little Island. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And MCK Electrical. Hi Kellyanne. To everybody at, uh, uh, to Miss Harding and all of the staff in Davis College in Mallow. To the dispatch staff in Roadstown, in Roadstone and Balancholic. They'd love pizza for the weekend. Uh, everybody at Stryker. Some at work. Some working remotely. Morning David. To Brian and all of the gang at Bulmers Ireland. To Sodexo in Kinsale. The catering staff have been working so hard. I'm part of the admin team and I think the catering staff deserve pizza. Well said Marie. Maria. Atlantic Flight Academy uh, in Cork. Also, common sports on the North Main Street could do with a lift. 
and a pizza boost. Uh, Hennessy's Hair and Beauty in Pembroke Street. Uh, my son graduates in UCC tomorrow. He's completed his master's in business. He's Ryan Hickey in Cove. Very proud mammy and daddy. And Adrian, Nicole, Hickey, they'd love pizza to celebrate. Sound Store in Blackpool uh, could do with a treat before the Black Friday Christmas rush, says Joan, Joanne in Formoy, to OML, Ven- Ven- OML Ventilation at Borgosh in Whitegate. I'm working to get the power to the people, says Brian. <laughs> power to the people. Kira and Dermot working remotely in Blarney and the orthopaedic and spinal unit in the, in the Matter Private Hospital. Morning, Antoine uh, uh, and all of the gang down there and just one or two more. This is lovely. Um, I'm a working mum, a chef, a cleaner, a taxi driver, a dog walker and it shouldn't matter that I'm not on a payroll. I know lots of mums like myself and we'd love to share these vouchers. I do more work in a day since having children than I ever did when I went out to work. Please consider us stay-at-home mums, says Miriam. So we could have a stay-at-home mum pizza party. And finally for now, uh, myself and all of the team, we're working at home since March. We work in finance and we would share the pizzas on a Zoom lunch, says Brendan. So that's your first blast of shout-outs. We'll do another bunch of them. So text who you are and where you are to 086-8104-106. We got more shout-outs on the way. Meanwhile, um, this actually took off, this dog attack, double dog attack on the north side uh, yesterday. Caroline, good morning. Good morning, Lee. Now, am I talking to Caroline, one of the girls whose dog was attacked? You are, yes. Um, and is, is he the dog that survived or the dog that died? No, he's, he's the dog that survived. All right. Okay. You know the poor old terrier died. I did, yeah. I met her. I met the girl. I met the lady that owned it him. Okay. Terrible. Yeah. Absolutely terrible. So your little fella is the little white fella with that awful wound that I see here. He is, yes. How is he? Um, he's very traumatized, I'll be honest. And he's in terrible training this morning. Like, the best gave him um, a morphine injection and that kind of got him through the night. I know. But at the moment, no, he's in terrible pain, so I'm due back at the vet a quarter to train so hopefully. I know. But it's just to look at terror in his eyes. Yeah, it's just describe, just tell us what happened. Yeah, I'll be honest now, I was just walking out two dogs, and I was walking both of them, and I had I was talk, talking to this gentleman that we were talking just for two seconds, and out of nowhere, this dog just came and just leaped straight away on MJ, and that was it. It was like it took so many people, really, like they were hitting sticks and they were kicking him. I was the same myself because the dog was screaming, my dog. But there was some guy pulled up then, and he knew what he, he was obviously knows about dogs because he actually said, "Don't hit him, don't hit him," and he actually, when he pulled the dog by the back of the neck, off my father came with yeah, him. Yeah, he's well. right because they're saying if you hit them, they lock on harder. Yeah, they lock on harder. Yeah, you knew what he was talking about. He, he knew what he was talking about and he caught the dog with the throat and the dog then let my dog go. Only for that guy, my dog would have been dead. But there was a second dog at the same time that was attacking other dogs. Um, That's not, right, yeah. you were, were you in Jerry O'Sullivan Park? No, I wasn't. I was... Um, Grona Braha Park. Yeah. I, I, no, I wasn't in the park. I was just walking on the road. And meanwhile, another dog uh, attacked the Yorkshire Terrier and killed it. That's right, yes. I think the same owner, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'd like to know that. Is it the same? Apparently it is, because um, it is, somebody yeah. said to me there a while ago that uh, the owner of the dogs um, w- was contacted by the Gardaí, or is at least dealing with the Gardaí. So it's one owner of two different dogs who both got out and went on the prowl. Yes, they were vicious. Well, the fellow that attacked my little dog anyway was vicious. Only for that guy knew what he was doing, i be honest with you. And I'd say he went for my other dog then as well. And I had his chance. When when that chap got the dog off MJ, 
Where does the dog go then? Did it just roam off? No, like this guy and another, I think a few guys held on to him then. I think some guy came up and gave me a lead, I'm not sure, because I just, some girl gave me a lift home, I had to get injured to the vet straight away, but they held on to him until someone came to shake him away. Okay, and that's... Behind the guards or something, you know, because they didn't leave him loose. That's as much as you know, because you were gone at that stage. Yeah, I had to take MJ straight away, yeah, because I thought he'd be dead, I'll be honest. And have they kept MJ in the vet, or is he home with you? No, no, they didn't. They left him come home with me last night, so he stuck with me last night, but as I say... Where's the injury? Um, well, you can see now, you, you obviously saw the picture. Yeah, but it's hard to make out with all the beautiful white fur, you know, I can't really... I can't really it's tell. Really at the back of his back neck, of his right neck I think. front of him as well. All the front of him. So what I'm looking at then is the back of his head and his neck uh, that's completely there. exposed and there's a tube going through it and there, I can see massive teeth marks. He has stitches in that as well now but in the front of his neck as well he has um, more my, uh, bite marks there as well but I couldn't take a photograph. You can't touch him there because he's screaming. If he's, and a poor if harmless he, little thing. A little is. Maltese. A, he's a lovely little fella to be little honest. Bichon, is he Bichon Freeze I think something? He is, yes. He's our baby. Do you know, no one and you know what? Him. After he recovers psychologically he'll be in tatters. He'll be a frightened dog. I actually, do you know what? I don't think he'll, he'll ever be right going for a walk no, again. I don't honest. think so. I don't think so. No. And you know, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible that you can't walk your dog doing everything. My, my two were on, I'd harnesses on them, do you know what I mean? Because I'd be afraid that they'd get knocked down or anything if they got loose. I mean, no disrespect to you and your beautiful dog, but it could be a child next, you know. It you're you're going to yeah. have some fairly hefty vet bills, aren't you? I wish you luck. He's worth this, to be honest. No, he is worth it, but one wonders whether the owners of the dogs should be p- picking up the vet bills, you know? I wish you luck, I know, but I suppose, I don't know. I really don't know. All I want at the moment is for him to come back because he's just, he, he, you know, he's delayed of our lives at home. He is, we just adore him. And did the vet say that he'd make a recovery, yeah? He did. He said, look, he said, you know what, no, he said he will. He will. It's just, I suppose it's going to take away like everything else. And hopefully that he'll come back to himself, that I'll be able to walk him again and stuff. I know. But yeah. I don't know, but I'd be afraid, I'd be honest, myself. Do you know? Afraid but, is I, I, one I, thing, but you must be angry as well, though. I mean, you know. This oh, I am, of course, because I'm, I'm saying, do you know, it's a harmless dog do you know what I mean this fella just comes out of nowhere I mean if I had dogs like that there's no way they'd ever be able to get out if that's the damage they could cause well no doubt you'll look after little MJ and give him uh, oh, a lot of TLC love. what's he named after Michael Jackson is it no it's his um it's uh, my my grandson named him he, they had two dogs and my, my daughter had two dogs and he's their pup so the two more M, so like uh, he, Misty and Misty and Milo, so they just got MJ, <laughs> okay. so M Junior. So, oh, so that's where it came from. Yeah, okay. we unravelled that mystery at least, Caroline. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right, look after yourself and look after little Thanks. MJ. Okay. All right, take care. Thanks a million. Thank Cheers. You. Take Bye. care. I'm a crash worker who witnessed the dog attack yesterday afternoon. Just listening to your show now, it's an absolute disgrace how long it took the guards to answer and how they handled the situation altogether. I rang them in a panic when I saw the woman screaming, but unfortunately it was too late for her poor dog. The dog died. My heart was in my throat as we bring our young children over to the playground on occasion and there's always children around the creche either coming or going. I don't even want to think about what would have happened if a child was involved. I suppose the days of kids just wandering off to the playground with mammy's permission or daddy's permission, they're well gone as, as, as it is. But now, of course, even where you are with a parent, you would deem that you're not necessarily safe in a playground. Uh, just a quick one, just uh, this side of the break. Ted Tynan, Ted, good morning. 
Morning, Neil. What happened yesterday yeah. is unforgivable, really. It may have been an accident oh, that a side yeah, gate was yeah, opened. I yeah. don't know, but I'm just worried that yeah. it'll be a child next. Pick up on the story. Yeah. You have a pit bull terrier, I'm told. Oh, geez, that's many, many years ago. Yeah, um, but Philly, Philly was saying uh, to me that they may be on a dangerous dogs list, but the reason for that a lot of the time is the way they're handled by the owner, the way they're reared, the way that they're, they're confined in yeah. back gardens. They go half crazy when they go out then. Yeah, well, most dogs are, are, are like that, Neil, if they're not exercised, if they're not groomed and fed properly and all that, you know? And I, I had a beautiful pit bull, pit bull, but like many, many years ago, I used to go off with the scouts and all that, walking, hill walking and all that, and I'd bring him along. And he was perfect. He was he was no um, danger to anyone, you know, but that's many years ago. By the way... But if you, I, got, I, off the lead, if you got off your lead, though, and there were other dogs around, or a cat or a rabbit or whatever. Well, well, I think there is an element of danger there all the time. I think with, with, uh, with, with my dog now at the time, he would go for a cat, you know, so, but... I would. Um, I kind of always kept him close to me and all that, you know. But I have to. I have to um, say, I think all. I think all dogs would go for a cat, even our own dogs. I, I, well, well, there's an element of of danger in in all dogs, you know. But um, but no. But what's going on in 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 the north side of the city, certain areas, is um, due due to lack of community policing, Neil. You don't see uniform guardy walking around. In why? Why do I mean, we? Why do we even need to talk about policing and this? This is down to people. Oh yeah. This is down yeah, to well, if there was the community policing. Who who would be communicating with with the youngsters in the area growing up? You know that because um, there is an, a, a tiny minority of um, of young people in the area, almost some of them children, who are behaving very nasty. You know, and I think that's. Something has gone terribly wrong anyway, Neil, you know, because uh, there used to be Gardy patrolling one time. I can remember when I lived in Glenham Island <clears throat> and 12, 14 years ago, Gardy would be patrolling the area. Okay, but know, that's down to the rearing of the child or the rearing of the dog, uh, surely. There's an gone. element of, of both, but look, Neil, if you look at them, um, Cork Profile 2014 update in 2018, you'll see the deprivation running right across areas of both north and south, but predominantly on the north south, north side of the city, where you have um, education, you know, uh, lack of education, education poverty, I, I would call it, you know, mm-hmm. financial poverty in that. But, you know, um, but there is an element, like, for instance, I've been told about guys with sticks beating dogs. Mm-hmm. And I was told that a couple of times over the last few weeks. I believe the dog that was killed yesterday, his name is Harry. And it's I've, I've seen the photograph as well, Neil, and it's frightening that this happened. And I agree 100% with you. It's a very thin line be, between ill-treating a dog um, and a child, you yeah, know. So, yeah. Well, did, some people are alluding to the fact this morning that it's not the dog or the breed of the dog. It's how the dog is handled and reared or looked after exactly, by the yeah, owner. Yeah, so are there, com- are there yeah. some hard cases out there, hard shaws who like to be seen strutting around with a dangerous dog? Is that what I it think is? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is an element of that. No, by the way, you know, the dog rescue services, they have no authority to go into an area and seize a dog that has committed... The, the, like the event yesterday they have no like dog rescue on people like that 
or my lovely horse, they, they don't have the authority to go and seize a dog. We have a, we have a no? city council dog warden, don't we? We do, yeah, yeah. And he they could can. be out in Douglas, he could be out in Douglas today, he could be in Nocturne tomorrow and Mayfield the day after, you know, maybe there's a need for more, um, more, uh, Funding to go into these issues. Now what would well, happen you know? to these but two dogs? Do you think? Um, because it wasn't a child; it was other dogs. It did traumatize yeah, the I people. Will they be put down? I think the dog need 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 to be taken out of circulation somehow because um, maybe putting the dog down. I don't know if that's a solution, but certainly the, the dog has been a victim of violence itself. You know, possibly Being beaten with sticks. That will make that dog vicious and violent. Possibly. And why would they beat the dog with sticks to make it more aggressive? Is it to to make it more aggressive? Yeah, yeah. To so make that's the dog a more so that's aggressive. a lethal weapon then in the hands of the owner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was an event happened in uh, Mayfield a couple of years ago, and I tell you, people still talk about a, a beautiful little dog, and just torn to bits by uh, a, a large or vicious dog, you know. And like, there's loads of people now with their, you see them walking around. Even with their dogs, and their dogs are part of their family, you know. Mm. And a dog like we, we'd have a wild cat come into our back door and we feed the cat. Mm. That cat becomes quite part of our lives, you know. Mm. And and we show re, re, respect to wildlife. And we also have the fox up around our area, <laughs> up in Silver Springs, um, roaming around the area at night time. And if we put out stuff, the place is clean in the morning. I know, you know, so I know. Well, that's the night, yeah. No, it's nice to hear those stories and, as well, you know, nature working. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but these are dangerous Brian, dogs that'll attack a child next. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. Neil, there was another report too of a um, uh, couple of hard shots again with a bow and arrow and killing crows. And this is a, a, a an actual bow, you know, with arrows. It isn't a handmade one. It looks a very professional type of bow and arrow. Where? where? And... Um, up in the same same area, and I was also told then that there was a, a guy with a bow and arrow spotted in the Glen area as well. So the guard he would need to track these people down and seize that bow and arrow. A bow and arrow is a lethal weapon. Well, they, they you, know? you know they yeah. they may they may want to be shooting crows, which is wrong, but they could inadvertently um, you know also shoot exactly, a, a, yeah. a passerby. That's yeah. it. That's crazy, it. crazy yeah. stuff. Yeah. Thanks, Ted. Appreciate it. Jar, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Okay, you say you have 60 years' experience with dogs. All sorts of dogs, is it? No, no, Neil. Particularly with bull breeds, but in, in, in specifically with Staffordshire Bull Terriers. Okay. Now, before I pass any comment, it should be clearly established what the, the, the breeds of those dogs were, and that hasn't been clearly established. Well, what I would say is... Clearly established. Well, what about if I were to tell you that they were um, American Pitbull Terriers? Okay, well, that, that would increase their capability for carriage substantially, and that's, that's, that's a fact. Now, what I would say, Neil, is I've listened intently to this conversation, and I've listened intently to these incidents over the years being reported by yourself. So much so, I think it's, a, it's imperative that the following is said. First and foremost, first of all, the lads that came that actually were able to get that dog from the victims uh, that were able to break those dogs off knew exactly what they were doing, I would say. No. Secondly, you've, when you find yourself in a situation like that, a dog's capability 
fifty percent you can reduce almost immediately, Neil. Their 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 killing capability, their pulling capability, and their 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 drive going forward stems from their back end. Okay. Uh, so that's why one of the lads from the van grabbed the dog by the hind legs and lifted them up. It's very important, Dave, to do that. And I'll tell you why. It reduces the capability by 50%. So immediately, if somebody is brave enough, catch the tail or catch the hinds and tuck them between your toes, Neil, with a tight grip on them between your toes. What if the that dog swings mean, around and attacks you? No, no, they, they can't do that, Neil. When they're, when, they're, when they're engaged going forward, they can't do that. That would also limit their capability to turn and catch. They won't eliminate it entirely, but they're focused on something else. That's that's the that's the most important element of this. In addition to that, you want to be a brave. You want to be a brave person to do that, though, wouldn't you? But no, Neil, you you wouldn't really. But the point about it is, it's it's about knowing the right what thing to do, to do okay. at the right, right. at the right time. Okay? That's and the thing to do. So okay, right. That's one of the things. Now this leaves your two. This leaves your two hands free. The next thing to do, Neil, is to get your thumb and your index finger up into the windpipe under the widest part of any dog's jaw and squeeze that. Do not pull, just squeeze that in as, as tightly as you can because if you pull, the victim is also being pulled at the other end. And after about 30 seconds, the dog is going to have to let go, release for air. When you think that that's about to happen, push the dog in towards the victim. That will release it even faster. Right. So at this so, stage now, the dog has released the other dog from its jaws. What do you do next? Well, if you've got a, if you've got a collar available, the first thing to do is, before you do anything, is to try and slip the collar around the dog first and foremost, so that you've got something to work with when you do actually manage to break, break and release. Yeah, but at this stage no, for, now, you've for, taken your hands off the dog's throat and you've got to reach for a collar. Oh, so. oh, oh, no, no. But need I'm two people prior for to, Prior to, look, who's going to have a collar ready? Very few people will have a collar handy Neil in, a, in an emergency situation. It's not likely that that's happened, but I have to commend whomever it was that managed to break the dog off. But by by using the technique of, of forefinger and thumb right at, up into the windpipe deal, raising the dog from the back end, you've got a really, really good chance. Yeah, I understand that. but And I'm not encouraging people to do that, incidentally, to be the brave hero, because here's the problem. The dog has released the smaller dog. You've got your hands around the dog's throat. What do you do next? It's, if you do anything to let the dog go, it will then savage you. No, no, that, that isn't always the case at all. But what happens is they go into a survival, even a fighting dog, even the aggressor goes into a fighting state of 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 survival. And they, they literally take on a... They, they get glazed over in, in dog parlance. They get glazed over. Everything is controllable, Neil. But if you reduce the capability from the back end, that's the first thing. Once you break them off, they should be easy enough to, if you have the dog caught by, if even in the event that you haven't got a collar, catch the dog by the scruff of the neck and do not leave go because they're likely to catch anything after that. But here's my point. Okay. In addition to everything else, it's, a, it's about time that somebody made a video of how this should be done and it p- circulated widely throughout by the radio stations. Mm. Now, if I could track down, Neil, whomever it was that capably broke off that dog yesterday, that, that guy, who's a very brave man indeed, I would be prepared to make, in conjunction with yourself and that man, a video to show how this is done. Okay, well, I'm happy to make that happen if that man gets in touch with me. Yeah, yeah, and I'm quite pre- I'm quite prepared to, to to put because this has been going on for too long, and and the other thing is, 
when people get dogs, Neil, it's the it's the environment in which they're brought up. That's right. Like everything else, Keep the environment, that. the environmental, the environmental influence, positive or negative, will actually make the animal. I've had them up Neil over sixty years. I have never once had an incident or an accident, and that's because they're properly controlled and they're properly managed. Hose and the husbandry is right. You know, so so if one of your dogs in all those years ever got out of the back garden, there would never have been a yeah. problem, no? None whatsoever. Okay, all right. None whatsoever. You see, you've okay. got to look. It's like leaving kids run loose. If if that's their norm, that's the way they will. Go, that that will be their norm going forward. You okay. have you you have to put your foot down on 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 any doubt. Show who's the boss, but bring it about by kindness, not through terror. Gotcha. And hitting dogs with sticks and four by twos and two by fours, it simply doesn't work. All right. If, Particularly get, for the bull breeds. If that but man gets in touch, uh, I'll be back to Joe, all right? Please, please, Neil. Thank all you right, very cheers, much. Take care and thanks for listening as intently as you have been. Uh, meanwhile, just one on this and then I'm going to mix it up and happy to carry on if you wish. But let's see where we go with it. But Tony, good morning. Morning, Neil. You have a bull staff. That's right. I'll be honest. I could bring the dog into your studio. Yeah, I think I had uh, I think I had a Rottweiler in here last year. Was it a Rottweiler? Lovely little girl, little dog she was. Um, I mean, no. But it's how the dog was brought up, me. This was our third. This was our third bull staff in the last. Might have been a bull staff. I can't remember. I know there was a dangerous dog in here last year, and uh, as to say, you know, very very bulky, very bulky, stocky dog. Like, but very calm and placid. Yeah, it's how the dog was reared, Neil. Our dog was reared in the, with part of the family. And the dog respects her territory, and if the dog got out, she'll do harm to nobody. Yeah, but I've often heard court reports, or indeed newspaper reports, of people whose dogs kill children saying that. I just, just, they say, oh, it's completely out of character. The dog never I've did had, that before. I've, I've German Shepherds and Bullstaff for the last 35, 40 years, and we've never had an incident because the dog was properly reared. So why then did two dogs do wreck yesterday in Churchfield and Gronabraher? I honestly believe it's how the dogs are brought up. Yeah. I've seen people walk in bushstaffs and my dog can walk past and their dog can pass me and there's not an issue. But I can see Jack Russell turning on my dog. Or I can see a poodle turning on my dog and the person walking that particular dog would look as if my dog was at fault. Yeah. Which is totally wrong. You're sure it wasn't your dog, like? 100%. Neil, I'd bring my dog to your studio if you'll give me the opportunity and I'll prove the point. How, it's how the dog is reared. Yeah, what's the chances of your dog smelling my dog off me, though, and going, ape? I can give you a guarantee it wouldn't happen. A written guarantee, is it? I give you a guarantee it won't happen. <laughs> How far does that guarantee go? Like, you're going to pick up my medical bills, will you pay for my cremation? <laughs> <laughs> I don't push it a bit, no, be honest. I know, but like, I'm, I'm happy, I mean, for, you to, I'm happy I, for you to do, to do that, but that doesn't take from the fact that what happened yesterday happened. I, I can't speak for what happened. It's probably the way the dogs were brought up. Right. I see Neil, I see dogs tearing cats, and it's but young, but young fellas, young fellas up the ring road, up the ring road, heading up to Mayfield. I saw an incident about six months ago. They tore a kitten to bits, and when I stopped, I, I got two fingers. That's what I got. How young were they, these young fellas? About 12 or 14. And they were encouraging their dog to tear the cat apart? They tore the cat apart. I reported to the girls, and in fairness, I believe a cat went down but they were probably gone at that stage so they see the dog as a weapon they can use I for their for fun yes. and it's down to education you know these guys will go on to probably commit bigger crimes against humans maybe or against other animals I don't honestly know maybe they're watching videos on YouTube or on 
Well, they say they say you start with torturing cats and torturing rabbits, and then you go on to human beings That's afterwards. That's what I firmly believe. That's what I firmly believe. To be honest. All right. Okay. Like they, I walk. I take my my doctor Kelly, and I walk around the beach. And on a number of occasions, people have actually stopped to rub the dog, and the dog just the dog just looks. Yeah, they get a bad rep, you see, and the bad rep is got from humans, not from the dogs themselves. That's what you're saying, isn't it? Well, yeah. I honestly believe me, and it's how the dog is reeled. All right, That's, my man. To be honest, okay. all right, if thanks. The dog sees it at home, probably the dog gets a kick. What should happen to those? Yeah, what should happen to those two dogs yesterday? Well, I don't think the dogs should be put on because I, I honestly don't believe. I think we're in the right hands. Those dogs can be turned around. Should they be taken off the owner? I definitely take off you, Okay, all right. I give them and give them to somebody that respect and look after. The dogs need a bit of love and Tony. And do you have a muzzle on your staff when you go out? No. And she's supposed to. I never do. Yeah, but you're supposed to, though, aren't you? I I totally understand. Yeah, okay. But I've never I like I've never had an incident in the last thirty five years with a German Shepherd or a bush staff. And I don't believe that I will have an incident. Yeah, but you don't think that you're, you don't think that by not doing what you're supposed to be doing, you're frightening the public when you're out. Well, that's fully debatable. Like uh, a friend of mine was bitten by a Jack Russell. Probably, I'd say in the last, in the last three weeks, walking a Jack Russell just left on just left on to a leg. All right. Okay. You know that dog was muzzled. It's not on the dangerous dogs list. Well, I'll be honest, Neil. Uh, look, we, we can debate that all day, but I can I. I, I'll bring my dog to your studio and you can look at my dog and you'll see how the dog is reared and the dog behaves in the company of other people. The dog is a pet. She's part of the family. She lives in the house with us. If I pick up the keys to go out, she's in the back of the car before myself. Right. So if somebody, bro- if, if somebody broke and into your house and you, if somebody broke into your house and you have a bullstaff terrier, um, if somebody broke into your house, a burglar, say in the middle of the night or when you're out, would the dog go for the burglar? Do you want me to be honest? I don't. I honestly don't think she would. Right. And that's being as honest. I, 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 I say she'd walk over and lick, lick, lick him. That's being honest about it. That's okay. what she does. All right. Like she's not real to fight. She's not real to protect. She's real as a pet. And and there was a, there was a huge distinction between an aggressive dog and a dog that's properly reared. Yeah, yeah. It's not the breed, it's the breeding. All right, Tony, cheers. Thanks, pal. Take All care. Right. Lines Thank open at 1850-104-106. Text 0868-104-106. The Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. And you can text 0868-104-106. Meanwhile, you may have been listening to Breakfast this morning. Some weeks ago, of course, there was a massive secret sound one. I think it was like eight and a half grand or whatever, and they put in a uh, a new one instead then and it ran up to 1300 euro and it was uh, an interesting piece of audio and I had guessed at the time I was convinced I knew that it was a metal whisk being tapped off the side of a saucepan um, clearly I you know clearly I was wrong it happened this morning on breakfast when uh, Owen Stapleton got through um, on his phone have a listen to this uh, right oh, let's do it secret service over here what do you think just wondering if it was um, there a spring in the back of a remote when you were changing the battery or if you were flicking it what do you mean? Describe it for me. You know, like uh, the spring in the back of the remote where the batteries go. I suppose there's a plastic flap on the back of the remote and then you've got your access to your two or three double A, triple A batteries. That- have yeah. another listen again. Let's have a listen again. Owen. Yeah. For 1,300 euro on Cork's 
7.45, secret sound. You're asking me if this noise hmm? is one of the little springs on the battery compartment on a remote control. Oh, and you've just won 1,300 euro. You're right. Yes! Well done, sir. Have you had it for a while? I've been waiting since since the first week. (laughs) Did you know right away when you heard it? I did, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Have another listen again. Oh. There it is. It was. Neil Prendival's going to be raging, I tell uh. you. <laughs> he was hoping to bag it for himself. Uh, yeah, it's the little spring on the battery, uh, the battery holder, the, where the batteries no, go into the back of a remote control. No, it's not fully. Oh, and that 1,300 euro is yours. Have a lovely weekend, won't you? Yeah, thanks. Thanks very much. Your man Ray Foley thinks he's Chris Tarrant from Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, you know, with the suspenseful bed. And then the pauses and the silence. <laughs> he thinks it's Chris Tarrant. <laughs> Listen, if you really think that I'm going to believe that that sound, the metal whisk banging off the side of a saucepan, is the little springy bit on the back of a remote, you've got another thing coming to you. <laughs> it just doesn't sound like it. I mean, it isn't the sound that you make when you put a battery into the back of a remote, but what can I do? Anyway, we'll bring on the next one and see how we get on with that one. Well, fair play to you all the same, though, Owen Stapleton. You got through in the end. You won yourself €1,300 Euro in cash, so congratulations. Listen, I want to do some texts and emails and lots more besides across the morning. But one thing I mentioned this morning was um, that little piece of audio that I played, which was the um, um, Australian Prime Minister, Scott Morrison. He was visiting a brewery in Sydney, and I thought he was bigging up people in the workforce and bigging up women from all parts of the world who were coming to do great things uh, in Australia. Australia. But he got into an awful lot of grief over it. He was called patronising. He was called a racist. He was ta- he was accused of being engaging in Irish stereotyping to be talking about drink and breweries and what have you. The whole thing, I think, just got completely out of control. And I think it just goes to show how crazy the world has got. You may or may not agree. Have a listen again. Giselle, who's come from um, Venezuela, and of course, Claire from Ireland. Um, of course, there's going to be uh, an Irish girl here in a brewery um, with their brewing skills. And these skills are being brought from all around the world, but it's great to see female apprentices, female engineers here, part of the biggest brewery operation here in New South Wales. Moray's from Cork, but is living in Perth, Australia. Moray, good morning. Good morning, how are you? Oh, I mean, what's going on down there? Are you having a slow day or what? Well, I'll be honest, Neil, the first I heard about this was when you mentioned it this morning and I had to Google. And when I Googled it, it was all Irish sites that I saw running with the story. So it actually, he was saying some other worst things here yesterday. So this particular one hasn't made the headlines. Well, is, he, is, he, is he known to be have hoof and mouth moments or something? Oh, he is. Yeah, yesterday he was in trouble because he didn't um, condemn uh, extreme right-wing extremists, basically. Right. In, in Victoria, there was some very violent protests. Um, they literally brought a gallows outside Parliament House and they hung an effigy of um, the Premier of Victoria. And a man has been arrested for um, plotting to assassinate the Premier of Victoria. Good now, he's a God. Labour Premier. Good God. And... Scott Morrison did come out and say he does condemn violence, 
but he can understand why people are acting the way they're acting. So he sounded a little bit like Trump yesterday. So that's what yeah, he, he kind of doesn't think before he opens the old gob a lot of the time. But so the, so the criticism and the grief and all of this uh, branding him this, that and the other is all Irish, is it? On online social media. That it's all, that it's all the Irish media that, that are doing it. It's all the yeah, websites that I've been seeing it on. Do, do you think that people have become very touchy and they're all they're on the lookout to brand people, to call people out, to cancel people for things. Because Claire, the girl herself, who's from Blarney, has no problem with it at all. Yeah, I think if his statement had ended with, oh, of course, there's an Irish girl in the brewery, and if it had ended there, but he did go on to back it up by saying, with their great brewing expertise. So he did... uh, So I I, I don't have a problem with it there, because he did did sort of... And that little bit of a, of a compliment onto the end of it for I mean, he wasn't acknowledging making, or he wasn't having a go at the drunken Irish, like was he? No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. But they want him to to be brought. They want people to think that he was having a go at the drunken Irish. They're just waiting to pounce. That people are waiting to pounce because you know, um, we are coming into an election cycle, so there will be an election call down here. Um, it has to be called before next May. So the, a lot of electioneering has started happening, and he. Oh, about two weeks ago, Emmanuel Macron came out and called him a liar. Basically, <laughs> said said the words that he lied to him. Uh, we had the same, we had the same thing going on in the doll between Michal Martin and the leader of the Labour Party. They were, <laughs> if you're calling me a liar, come out and call me a liar to my face. So it's happening in a lot of parliaments. It is. Um, Macron actually did come out and say it down the barrel of of, uh, of a camera and basically said yes. You are a liar. Um, I think his words were when he was asked by the reporter, do you think Scott Morrison lied to you? And he said, I don't think I know. Um, so there, he's Scott Morrison, everybody is really going over. He's had so many faux pas in the last uh, two years. But let's you know, not when, include when this as on one fire. of them, though. You know? uh, but I'm not included. I, no. I, I'm not a fan of his, but I'm not including this one because I, I really don't. Don't see how we should take offence from this one. You see, the problem, I suppose, that some people might have, at least the thinking people, is that Biden had a go the other day saying, you know, he said to the Pope that he was the only Irishman you've ever met who never had a drink. So maybe we're a bit touchy about world leaders mentioning us at all when it comes to alcohol. Because Biden was stupid to say that to the Pope. Stupid. Yeah, I didn't hear that he had said that. You did, yeah. yeah. He said it to me. I think he met him up when he was at the G20 summit in Rome, I think, and he said that. So I think maybe we're just ultra sensitive at the yeah, moment, maybe. but I mean, it, it, I mean, it's 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 been the running joke for quite a long time that we that Irish people and and they're drinking, and I think it is time that we move away from that stereotype, and it doesn't help when leaders of countries are. I know, bringing but it in up this case, but though, I don't, people, people I don't take offence where I don't there's think no offence. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. How's it going with you down there, anyway? Certainly with the run into Christmas, you ain't coming home or anything, no, for Christmas. No, we're not coming home. My niece is here in Perth as well, and she was hoping to get home, but it's just she's on um, she's on a temporary visa, so she isn't included in any of the exemptions. Oh, um, I heard that. If you are on a temporary visa and you leave for a holiday, you you're not going back, is it? You're not coming back, even if you're a permanent resident. It's still hard to get back. I'm in WA. Um, so it's next to impossible for us to get back. What would happen if you did here. come back? Would you have to quarantine for a couple of weeks? It, two weeks hotel quarantine, yeah, at your own expense. So I think it's, um, for, for me and my family, it would be in excess of $5,000. So if I were to go to Australia in the morning, I'd still have to go into a hotel for two weeks, would I? 
Um, it depends on where in Australia you're going. Crazy. If you wanted to go to the East Coast, you could easily fly into Melbourne. Um, or actually, fly into Sydney. Melbourne are starting to relax a little bit, um, but you can, yeah, it's next to impossible to get into WA. And we still have, um, it's with our state government. They control who's comes in, what happens once you land in the country. The federal government controls the international border. So technically, as an Australian citizen, I am allowed to leave the country. But it's what happens when I come back That's in. The then thing. we still have yeah. caps on arrivals, and there's actually next to no flights coming into WA still. Are you? Are you? Um, are, you are, people, are people going for vaccinations and boosters? Are the numbers high with regards to yes, COVID? Our our premier won't um, relax our border restrictions until we hit ninety percent um, fully vaxxed for everybody over the age of twelve. So are people I getting think we fed just up? Hit seventy percent. Everybody is, yeah. Like he was, he won the last election with um, something like ninety four percent of the vote. He, he was there calling him Mister Popularity, um, but a lot of the shine is starting to come off now when we can see the rest of the country opening up, and we're not. It's 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 like we're almost in a different country here in Do you WA. Keep an eye on stuff back home here. Are you aware of what's going on here? Yes, I am because we were actually we were hoping to come home at Easter of 2020, and then when that was cancelled, we thought, oh, we'll definitely get there in 2021. Obviously, that didn't happen. And again, Easter of next year was uh, is on our radar, but I, I'm not 100 percent certain if it will happen now with the way the numbers are going back in Ireland. Okay, will you have the turkey and ham then, and the Christmas dinner, or will you be having a barbecue? Uh, this year is the first year ever that we've actually booked into a restaurant, us and another couple of families, so we're going out. But normally I do do the turkey and ham and we go to a friend and seafood is the big um, is the big Christmas uh, traditional dinner down here. Go away. It's not the turkey and ham at all. It's the barbecue it's or the seafood, really the, the shrimp on the ham, babby yeah. and all that kind of stuff. All right. That's it, yes. All right, girl, look after yourself. Take care. Maybe I might chat with you this side of Christmas. All right. All right, thanks a million, Neil. Take care, Maureen. All the best. Bye-bye. Free Food Friday, talking about food, courtesy of ourselves and Oak Fire Pizza. And this will feed 15 of you. Good morning to everybody at Alton and International Movage and Storage and Ovens. To everybody working at the Republic of Work on the South Mall. Morning, Quiva and Margot and all the gang. Sweet King in Little Island. The A&D in the Mercy Hospital. Uh, also to everybody who is working at the book station in Douglas. Argos and Mahan are listening. Scannell's Pharmacy in Ballonine. Dairy Goals Accounts Payable. They're working from home and have been since March of 2020. Henderson Motor Services at the Marina Commercial Park. Shirley's Beauty and Laser Clinic in Glanmire. Morning to you all. Busy week back. Uh, everybody at Barry Joyce's Coal uh, at the top of Fair Hill. O'Hurley's Bacon and Balancholic. Joe's Edge Hair Salon and Blarney. Finton Ford Carpentry would treat all the workers to pizza for their hard work. Same deal at Glenline Fitted Furniture in Ballyvalan. TK First Aid and Hygiene in McCroom. Body Rays. Times Square and Balancholic are listening this morning. The gang at the South Infirmary Hospital also, and everybody unified global packaging in Carrick Tool. Keep those shout-outs coming, who you are and where you are, to 0868 104 106. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news and you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. And today with Grona Braha Credit Union, actually a 400 euro cash to give away. If you know your north side, I'll be asking you another question. A bit of a cryptic clue, actually, just before midday today. And if you can identify the place on the north side that I'm giving you the cryptic clues about, you will win 400 euro in cash and a chance of winning up to 3,000 euro cash 
next week because we've more dosh to give away courtesy of ourselves and Grona Broker Credit Union next week. And while all that's happening, your last opportunity to scoop a 200 euro gift card for Douglas Village Shopping Centre, 50 years open this week, 1971. So we don't have one winner on this, we have two, and each of you will win a 200 euro gift card. So being the 70s, that's the actual mechanic that I'm using, the 1970s. So you need to identify the year that we're featuring now. So the year, the song, the film, and the event that happened on that year. So there's four parts to this, four that you need to identify. The song, the film, the event, and the year itself. I think the song is fair enough, and the event is straightforward enough, but the film might present a problem. So don't call just yet. I'll open the lines around about a quarter to midday, but here we are. What's the matter? The food ain't that bad, baby. He kneels as he's done in other countries to kiss the ground, as though to say, he too is a man, he too lives on earth. Great song. I love the drum in that song. Um, film is a bit of a sticky one. The event is fairly straightforward, and I need the year. Um, it's very interesting because that film, actually, without giving it away, was a massive blockbuster, and there was loads of other films similar to it came afterwards. I think there was a few sequels also. So I'll say no more about it than that, but it's worth €200 Euro in gift vouchers for Douglas Village Shopping Centre. We'll one of one winner. We will have two. Oh, oh, I forgot. Um... I'm very, very disturbed about this because nobody talking about it. And I had planned to talk about it, uh, but Anthony has preempted me by saying, I'm absolutely shocked that you haven't even mentioned that it's International Men's Day today. Instead, you mention things like the Australian Prime Minister to knock men yet again. You're a disgrace to our gender, says Anthony. But hold on a second. I was not knocking the Australian Prime Minister. I was defending him in a world that I think has gone completely mad with, uh, with regards to calling people out for things they've never said. Everybody gets touchy-feely and it becomes almost like a herd mentality that everybody rushes to criticism. So you're wrong there, Anthony. I wasn't having a go. In fact, I'd always intended to mention that today is International Men's Day, but it will come and go, actually. And to be quite honest with you, there's nobody talking about it. I mean, you could say if it were International Women's Day, we would be hearing an awful lot more about it. But it is International Men's Day today for what it's worth. Very little I can see. But maybe women would say to us, suck it up, like, get on with it. You know, don't be making such a big deal of it. Grow a pair. But come here, Seamus. What's wrong with you? What are, how are you celebrating? No, no, never. Well, I'm not actually. I'm just going to suck it up, grow a pair, and get on with it. Okay. Do you know what you can do? Because this is the first I've heard. It's international. Uh, I rest my case. Men's Mrs. Day. Woman, if it was International Women's Day, I'd have heard about it at seven o'clock this morning. No, I, I'm not into this International Women's Day thing either, to be honest. And I've a load of feminists now going mad over it, maybe. So, Neil, will you go home to my place and do the feeds and the nappy changes and all that? How will you celebrate? International Men's Day today. Same day, same thing I do every day. What? Changing nappies, <laughs> changing washing nappies, bottles. washing bottles, and making dinner. Although, hang on, I might get the wife to do the dinner. Or so there'll be nothing at home when you go home to show that you're valued as the man or the husband or you know. Uh, Oh, the, the 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 great man that you are, being male today. It'll well, come yeah, the the the, the five month old will be thrown into my arms, and I'll be left with the sixty six year old as well. <laughs> <laughs> so nothing different then today. No, to any other day. Because I was said it to um, a woman earlier on this morning who should remain nameless, and she said, um, "Every day is International <gasps> Men's Day." Lana, wash your motor. I didn't say. I didn't say it was Lana. <laughs> 
<laughs> Actually, it's funny because Ian O'Doherty, you might be interested in this in the star this morning in his column, he says. So, have you got the decorations up yet? Have you put up some bunting outside your house? Maybe a few lights? I'm not talking about Christmas. I'm talking about uh, International Men's Day, which is today. But of course, you already knew that. Various groups around Ireland are encouraging men to get together and sit down and talk about their emotions. Then he says, Ugh. I'll be celebrating the big day, International Men's Day, all right, because straight white men just can't get a break these days. Um, I, too, shall be meeting some men today to discuss our emotions, as we're told to, except we call it just going for a pint and talking about football. (laughs) Anyway, to all the men out there today, happy International Men's Day. For what it's worth... Call the Neil Prenderville Show now, 1850-104-106. Red FM. Time to catch up on texts and emails from yesterday and the last few days on nightclubs and their restrictions. Um, but one big reason for clubs lose, uh, closing at midnight is to stop drunks crashing into the overstretched A&D system in the early hours. The government don't get that message across clear enough. That's one of the reasons for closing pubs and clubs early. While we're having our cup of tea on site, listening to you saying that the government was saying that all parties should be cancelled, four parties sprang to mind straight away. Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael, the Greens and Sinn Féin. Happy Christmas, says Jim. You are being totally irresponsible as a broadcaster with your comments about stopping restrictions. I wonder, is anyone going to report you? I have no idea. So the clubs are now opening earlier. That's a bit disingenuous of them. It's not really the time that is the issue. It's the gatherings. They need to be closed fully again. I will be back where we started again. We need to give the vaccine rollout more time. Yeah, but what about those businesses and the people they employ and the services that they, um, that they engage with too? buy their products from. You want to close all them as well? Um, on the injection centres, junkies on the streets or junkies in injection centres, to suggest that there are only two options is utterly dishonest of you. We can always arrest and incarcerate these criminals and provide them with rehab programmes while in prison. Uh, another one, if a guard has stopped you on the street and found heroin on you, you'd be arrested for possession and fined. So how does it make sense to give them somewhere to go and shoot up safely? Uh, they should be taken off the streets and given support. Clean the streets that way. This drug is far more lethal than cannabis, which can help the quality of life for so many, as in cannabis cancers, Rachel and y'all. If you're in a parking space for more than an hour, you get a parking ticket, but you're allowed to sell and buy drugs openly on our streets. You can see a well-known family living in a city location selling drugs from their front door all day. Um, and zombies calling day in, day out. Nothing gets done about it. Uh, regarding the needles and drugs use, as with all problems, the only way to resolve any issue is to find the root cause and sort it out. Gardi need to do their job. Safe places for users will not resolve the problem. The system's broken. Anthony said, I found my brother dead from heroin. It haunts me to this day and it destroyed and devastated my family. I think injection centres are a joke. They would never work. The addicts still have to go home to their families. Nobody thinks of families. An injection centre won't sort the city drug problem uh, as you are, as you're not talking about rational, coherent people. They're irrational and will shoot up anywhere. Another one or two. What, do, what does that man on the air think will happen when they get out of mandatory treatment? If you have ever watched TV, then surely you will have seen that people have to want to help themselves. Going cold turkey for addicts, even alcoholics, can actually kill them. I work in Limerick, and there's there's an area in the city that resembles something out of Breaking Bad. Crystal meth has its iron grip on Limerick, and it will soon be in Cork too, says Pa. Uh, What a ridiculous, ridiculous solution. Most addicts have problems. That's why they become addicts. After, the, uh, uh, after they are forced to go cold turkey, what's going to be offered to them? Jobs? Housing? 
I doubt it. And then a huge response to everything we did yesterday with regards to the fact that it was College Christmas Day yesterday. Although it's unofficial, it's not endorsed by the colleges. Many of the pubs were very busy and I know... Thank you to everybody. I mean, I've just got reams and reams of video footage that's been sent to me again overnight from supposedly different locations. One claims to be from inside the, the Harp Bar where there was a big party going on with the disc jockey and all sorts of things and everybody was dancing and jumping around. Other pieces of audio then is video footage from uh, the College Road. <laughs> One seems to be at the back of a house on the college road, actually, where there's a girl jumping off. There it is. She's jumping off um, uh, a roof down into the group below, who I hope caught her. They're just absolutely rammed into the out store, out the out the the back of the the house, like obviously the yard area. Masses of them, um, just like sardines in a can. So I got that one as well. What's this one here? This one is. Supposedly the disc jockey and the gig at the Harp Bar and stuff like that. So I got loads of different video footage. Um, some texts on that. Uh, what's the problem with students? COVID doesn't come out till past midnight, surely. If they're all in bed for midnight, says Paul. Uh, we're, we're the Harp Bar. Um, this Christmas Day event, which has taken place for college students every year. The difference this year is the Harp Bar have been advertising drink deals specifically for students. Also, the introduction of everything closing at midnight. All students will be out earlier in the day. Uh, every year is normally like this uh, with a new bar etc on campus jammed I suppose just with Covid this year it's getting more spotlights as Aoife I live 100 metres from the Harp uh, this has never happened at the Harp they decided to turn it into a student pub this year you see I worked in the club industry in the city and I can say that the Harp needed to look after crowd management which they clearly have not accounted for the Gardaí could easily shut them down for lack of crowd management Poorly managed. I don't. I don't know if there was any problems afterwards. Um, you know, after all yesterday's parting, um, primarily on the south side, incidentally. Um, and I know that maybe the only problem that there could be would be a spike in COVID numbers as a result of it. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, it's not about COVID when a crowd gathers uh, with that volume of alcohol they're consuming inside and indeed outside in residential areas. We'll have to deal with these students. I've already seen a girl getting sick up by the garage in Pollardoff Road. I've seen multiple lads throwing empty bottles into people's gardens. Another one, I'm the mother of a 19-year-old student. I have to say that they have been one of the most affected by this whole pandemic. My daughter had one night out in a nightclub. Nearly all clubs in town have raised the age to 21 and 23, and it excludes all the first and second year students. Another one, that's quite disgraceful, and the pandemic growing out of control. Taxis and bottles of vodka, are they not supposed to be starving, begging for food donations? Uh, amazing that COVID disappears when it suits the sport and government agenda, doesn't it? I think that's an excellent point. We go on about um, students going into the likes of the Harp Bar or Mocks or Flannery's or places like that, Sissy Young's, but nobody... I didn't get as many texts yesterday from people about, um, you know, the carry-on in the Aviva or the Lewis been absolutely jammed, bringing people to and from soccer and rugby matches and 50 and 60,000 people all stuck together. Nobody gave it. So it's, it's different for sports um, as opposed to young people. Well said, that lady from the Harp Bar, we all need to live our lives. There's no law being broken. The only thing she needs to get rid of is the COVID certs. <laughs> My daughter's in UCC. She went off to her, she went off in her Christmas jumper yesterday morning. She's sensible and knows right from wrong. They missed out on so much. No leaving cert, no graduation, no debs, no holiday. 
Her first year in college was online. They're young. They need a break. They're not all bad. Uh, but Dinny says, not all students have to go to the food banks in UCC. Even in the poorest countries in the world, there are rich and poor. Uh, those men are so old-fashioned. Too early for people in the pub, they say, but the local bars who serve old men day in, day out at half ten in the morning, you have no problem with. You see old men queuing up outside my local tavern every morning. Shouldn't they be stopped? These men are just discriminating against the younger generation and it's painful to listen to them. That's just a few of them, lads. There literally are pages and pages. I might get an opportunity to come back to them a little later on this morning. But can I just take another call, if you don't mind? Thank you. Because Natalie got in touch, first by email and then agreed to come on air. It's something that I just touched on earlier on. This is the Irish overseas with temporary visas in Melbourne, Australia. Natalie, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Happy oh, International Wednesday. <laughs> oh, God. You make, me feel, you make me feel awfully guilty by even bringing it up. <laughs> did, did you actually know that today was International Men's Day? I didn't have a clue. No, I didn't. Sorry. If it were International Women's sorry. Day, would you know all about it? Probably I would, <laughs> but someone would have told me, you know. <laughs> it's like vegans. <laughs> Fair play to you. Well, in spite of what you're going through in Australia, you haven't lost your sense of humour. It's what? Oh, God, no. It's four years since you were home, is it? Uh, no, it's I, the last time I was home was Christmas 2019. I okay. told my mother I was going to Thailand. You've been there four years, yeah? I've been here four years, yeah. How did yeah. you surprise so her? She thought you were going to Thailand, but you I, weren't. I told, her I, was, I told her I was going to Thailand and I just got a flight home. I came, knocked on the door and she nearly stabbed me with a knife. She was cutting up ham. Um, it was very funny. What day was it? Christmas Eve? No, it was the 19th of December, I think, yeah. <laughs> She must have got some surprise. <laughs> oh, she nearly had a heart attack. Yeah, poor woman. <laughs> oh my god! So that was the last time, and, and you you can't get out of Australia because you have one of these temporary visas. Yeah, so I applied for my visa back in February 2020, and it takes between two and three years for it to come through. So if I want to, I can't leave at the moment, and um, because I can't come back in. You can apply for an exemption, and I've actually gotten in touch with um, with a load of people today trying to get an exemption to come home because my mum's actually in hospital. Oh, um, no. Yeah, so I don't know what's wrong with her yet, but like there was a case of a guy over in the UK, a guy called Lewis Jew, and he left like two weeks to go back to the UK because his mother died, and he can't get back into Australia. In the sense that he's not allowed in, or he'd have to quarantine, or what? It's just you can't he's, come back. So on, they, they, they had this roadmap for reopening. And what they said was on, you know, once we hit this target, this percentage that Australian citizens and permanent residents would be able to come in and out of the country as they wanted to. They can go on holidays. And now they're saying that international students can start coming back into the country. But then you have two million of us who are on temporary visas. We're waiting for our permanent visas to be assessed. And we have no rights to travel at all. And we're just stuck. And you've and worked away. Easy. I mean, you're a worker there. You're a taxpayer there. You're a member of society there. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, uh, like, honestly, I, like, I don't want to crib. I've been very lucky. I've held a job the whole way through lockdown. I've been working from home since March 2020. Um, and I, I only got an email today saying we can start going back into the office next week, which is great. But it's been very hard, Neil. I mean, we were told, you know, once the borders closed, Scott Morrison turned around and he said, if you don't think you can support yourself and you're on a temporary visa, leave. And that was it. 
Like we weren't given, I, I don't have access to Medicare. I don't have access to JobKeeper or JobSeeker or yeah. any of the initiatives set yeah. up by the government. And in fairness, the Irish government did put those in place for anyone who was in Ireland at the start of COVID. So all, he, all Morrison said was, if you can hack it, just go home. Just go home. Yeah. So, like, you know, with all the COVID stuff, that's been very stressful. Working from home has been very stressful. You were 264 days locked in the house with curfew, were you? 264 days locked in the house, allowed out for two hours a day, Neil, to go for a walk. I could only go for a walk once a day, and it had to be within those two hours. I could meet up with one other person, and, like, it was just absolutely mental. And did you like, abide not, by those guidelines for all of those days you did? I, I followed every single room to the T. I swear to God I did. And are there thousands because of Irish like you uh, begging to be allowed to go home, say, for Christmas or to see a parent they hadn't oh, seen in years? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's, there's loads of us. If you're on the Irish and Melbourne Facebook groups or the Irish and Sydney Facebook groups, like, there's so many people. And, you know, what I think, I think what's actually happening is that there are a lot of people who are really struggling. But you can't turn around to your mum or your dad and say, look, God, I'm really, really having a hard time because they're a world away and I you know. can't get home. So I know. what are you meant to do? You don't want to share to that worry with them, I know. Why can't you get packages and parcels in and out? You said that in your message. Yeah, so I can't send any packages home this year. It's only, it's only letters. Why? Yeah, so my mum's off. I don't know. I don't know. I can't. I can't answer that. My mum's after finding a way that she can send me the old holly bow because I would have gone mad about that quiz, like. Yeah. Um, but that's so, so no parcels, no packages, no hampers, no boxes. No, not that I'm aware of. No. And is that that's no, a I rule? Can't. Is it that if they arrive, they'll be just sent back? I don't think they'll even get through. But the, you know, there's so few planes as well. There's so few planes. Like, it's, it's really like being on the other side. Of, like, I've never felt further from home. And you said that really people haven't. are protesting. Just page down there, Brenda. You said 10,000 people are protesting. Everyone's protesting. Everyone's afraid of each other. Right-wing groups and neo-Nazis are what? Oh, my God. What are they? Neil, what? you've no idea. It's, I, live about, I live about 15 minutes from the centre of the city, right? And I Melbourne. can hear the sirens. Every, oh, Melbourne, yeah. yeah. I can hear the sirens every weekend. There's thousands of people. And, you know, there's, there's, there would be a few people, I'm, I'm not speaking about that, that are, you know, actually protesting what the government is doing and they feel that their rights are being impeached and they want, you know, X, Y, Z. But then you have all of these neo-Nazis, you have all these people who are, like, Trump flags, there are people wearing these logos, there's a lot of racists. I mean, the amount of racism in the city now is unbelievable. If you're not Australian, and if you're not a white Australian, they're going to have a problem. Why? Why has this appeared on the horizon? It's not COVID, though. It's like it's... it's I, uh, I think why, why, would they, why, would they, why would COVID have anything to do with people who are non-white? Well, because it's they, a lot of them think that it all came from Asia, it all came from China, and now there are Chinese people here and they they just have a, a prejudice against them. I think it's they're just an opportunity for racists to flex their muscles, that's all. It's, it's an opportunity, but now they're all together. So, like, I, I'm free now. You know, the lockdown is essentially over for us. But I won't be caught dead going into the city. Not a hope. Okay, and you say that people you know? are terrified of each other. They're your words. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've gone out with a few friends and stuff, and the restrictions have all eased now. But we're all like, you know, 
standing like two meters away from each other. There's no hugs. There's no, you know, after a few drinks there might be, but yeah. people are all very nervous. So if 90% of you are vaccinated, why can't people fly in and out of Australia? So Australians and permanent residents and their, their families can, but we've just been completely forgotten. Like we don't even have, we're not even on the roadmap. Like they said, you know, at the start of the month that they would have something to say about it, but there's nothing. And it's the graduates who are here. It's the, you know, the student visas, it's, it's whatever. All the temporary people, refugees as well. We're all stuck and we've no guidance. I mean, if they even said to us, you know, around March, we'll be allowing you guys to, to travel in and out freely or if they gave us some sort of indication. But, it, like, it's just it's just making me even more anxious because I'm like, is it going to be another year, you know? Why don't you like, all bandy though, together and start appealing to Simon Coveney and people like that here to get in touch with the Australians and ask them to cut well, you some slack? I mean, we could do that. I rang the embassy today and they were saying that they'd give me a letter of support for getting an exemption. But, you know, ultimately, it's up to the Australian government. So if you got that exemption for yourself personally, that would be just you. Would you then be able to sort out a trip home this Christmas? Well, no, I wouldn't be able to go home for the purposes of Christmas. I'm only trying to see if I can get home if my mother gets sicker. Oh, yes. At the moment. That's and a right worry for you if you don't know what's wrong. That's a real worry. Oh, well, it was awful yesterday because her phone died. And the only way I can talk to her is through the phone. And no one can go in. So no one could give me an update. So it was, yeah, but they're taking great care of her up there in fairness. I the, know, the nurses I know. but that's a, real, that's a real life, that's a real life crisis really. And, you know, well, you know it's, it, it, it's easy to pass a blanket rule without realizing that everybody has a story and a reason why they want to be able to go home, you know. Well, as well as that, it's like how sick does someone in your family have to be for you to get an exemption, you know? Is it if her leg falls off? Is it, You know what I mean? Like, can I just go home because I'm sick and worried about my mother? No, I can't. I just have, I have to get this. I have to get her birth cert. I have to get my birth cert. I have to get a letter from her doctor. It's all this stuff. And then I've got to pay money for this exemption as well. And then it takes two weeks for it to get processed. Do you ever consider like, just coming you know, home and just packing it in like Morrison said, no? Well, look, I have a life here, you know, and it's awful to be torn, choosing between, you know, the lives that we've built here and our family back home. Like, I've got pets, I've got a partner, I've got, you know, a lease, I've got a job, yeah. I've got friends. Like, over four years, you build a life. I and, I, you know, if it, was, if it came down to it, Neil, I'd be home on a flight tomorrow if there was something wrong with my mother. I know, I know. But it's just, what do I do with my life? You know, what do I do with my cats? Yeah, yeah. You like, just want to be able to come home thing, and go I back. Suppose, yeah. but oh. I just, I just want the freedom to be able to, you know, as I say, I'm a tax-paying citizen. I've abided by all the rules. I'm double vaccinated. You know, I've dotted the I's, crossed the T's, you name it. I've, you know, modeled bloody citizen here, like. Yeah. And, um, and yeah. like, it's, it's just not fair. And, like, Shit. now that, you know, tourists are coming into Australia. And, like, what about me? I'm, I've been living, working here through the pandemic, and I can't go home to see my mum. But that tourist must go into a hotel for a fortnight, right? No, not in Victoria. They've changed all oh, that. Oh, yeah, it's different. St- it's different states and different rules, isn't it? They're, yeah, they're changing every week. Okay, listen. I, I, all, all we can do is listen to you and, and share your story, and perhaps share it on on social. No, no more than that. I mean, you know, that's 
Yeah, look, it would be. Look, I think Brenda's going to stick up a petition on the Facebook page. There you go. If you can. Oh, if there is a petition, let us have it. A petition for change, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, it's on change.org. Allow temporary visa holders to leave. That's the done. She tells me it's already shared on our Facebook page. So yeah. that's the other cause. So if, if you look, I'm not looking for money. I'm not looking for anything. If you could just go on and sign that for us, that would be brilliant. Right, there's okay. loads of people. Irish people here who are stuck and we just you know it would be lovely to go home for Christmas but Easter will do you know alright well listen we've done that do stay in touch Natalie alright have a good weekend in spite of cheers, everything else yeah. cheers take care back after the break text 0868 the Neil Prendival show on Cork's Red FM our phone lines remain open after midday 1850 ah yes that text came in at 10 past 9 this morning so so David Deneen and Toker so he may not have heard uh, but he possibly did hear hear what I said a little later on but he says you changed your tune this morning after bashing one pub in Balafihan yesterday every pub was at it yesterday I hope you speak about them today disgruntled listener David well I did I mentioned all of the other pubs you're referring to and I wasn't bashing the pub in Balafihan I was asking questions of them and they were happy to answer my questions on the air I don't regard that as bashing the pubs I mean some of the videos that I have I, don't, I can't even stand over them as being from yesterday but let's say that some of the videos are accurate and they did happen yesterday inside in, in pubs uh, I think they could have problems if the guards see them because the guards could object to their licence when it comes up for renewal. Uh, but that's not my problem. They're going to have to deal with that themselves. And uh, Anthony said, just to correct you, he says, from one o'clock to three o'clock this morning, it was a disgrace on the college road. Students were roaring and screaming and knocking over bins and there were house parties everywhere, not a mask to be seen. And I also got video footage that was shared with me from some of those house parties. Some of them was indoors, some of it was out in the backyard. Um, area and uh, you're talking about serious amounts of people but that's the way it was yesterday and uh, what can I do about it except uh, share the stories and get your opinions and your thoughts on it Uh, how are you listening to your interviews at the moment I'm getting more and more livid this is from yesterday people calling for sympathy for college students is ridiculous poor students Asha they need to enjoy themselves Covid isn't something that affects just by students the whole population has been affected in far worse ways than being unable to party and being unable to get drunk. For most, we lost our jobs. We've been out of work with long COVID. We've lost family members. We've had to look at elderly through glass doors and windows. We've had to have limited funerals and goodbyes. We've had delayed serious medical care. The list is endless. With crazy cases leading up to Christmas, the last thing I care about is the poor students who can't party and socialise. The same students who apparently can't afford to eat the same students who will be among the community going back to family homes and in turn spreading COVID further. This then leads us to all being locked down for Christmas as cases are still ridiculous or lead to some of us catching it from them. The innocent doing our best to stay safe and in turn will be in hospital or worse, dead. But our poor college students, they deserve a good sesh. I just don't understand it all. And that's by email to neil at uh, redfm.ie. Listen, I have endeavoured uh, over the past few days to um, finish up the Cork's Best Husband and Cork Best Partner reams of emails and have some great prizes on it. But day after day after day, um, we end up doing different things and I run out of time. So I just want to acknowledge all of the emails and texts that I got on that. I will be returning to it. It's just been on hold. It hasn't gone away. It's just resting in an account. And we'll get back to it again on Monday and give away all of those prizes uh, and thank you to everybody who got on board. I didn't get to uh, give it as much love and attention as I should have, so I'll make that right next week. Uh, final lash of Free Food Friday shout-outs to EBO Home, Home Rescue. 
yeah, BCE Consulting Engineers, HC21 in Blarney. Good morning all to the staff as well at the Bonds working hard, particularly the physiotherapists. To Sandra and all of the girls in the House of Hair in Kinsale. To ERA Downey McCarthy on the South Mall. To the Bond Secor Warehouse in Lehenamore. To Iris Oxygen on Waterfall Road who are listening. Douglas Village Shopping Centre are working hard. Morning to Hugh, Ken and Paddy. Some pizza to everybody at DMB Electrical Maintenance in Toker, please. Bridgewater Homes in Black Rock. They're all listening at Irish Removers and Bishopstown, Little Island Dental Surgery, Dennis O'Reilly Crash Repair, Northside Tires, Duns in Douglas Court, TLC Unlimited Childcare in Blarney, and uh, also everybody at Blockwall Development in Ballinglana. So we'll pick a winner in a few minutes' time, and away we go then. Free pizza for 15 of you, courtesy of ourselves, and Oak Fire Pizza. But one little bit of housekeeping that I wanted to do yesterday, and again, ran out of time, was from a story and an incident last week when we were doing a fantastic giveaway for Michelle Jewellers. We did it every day last week and then Friday we had a thousand euro to give away and it was a lovely chat because Veronica from Palafihan was on the air and she was up against Jason and Mallow. Now Jason ultimately won the 1000 euro voucher but Veronica told a lovely story on the air about how if she won she'd replace her wedding ring that she lost and her husband purchased the wedding ring for her in Michelle Jewellers. This is the conversation. I was told that you lost your wedding ring. I did, yeah. You took it off because it was too tight and you can't find yep. it? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, you... I didn't lose the plot in fairness when I told them, but... Oh, my God. Have you been just... everywhere and anywhere looking for where you might have left it? Well, it has to be somewhere in the house, but I just don't know where. Where did you last... <laughs> where did you last have it? <laughs> If I knew that, I, I could find it. The unit somewhere in the sitting room, but I just can't find it. All right. It's the Queen of Diamonds. Yay. Oh my God! Congratulations. Oh. I never thought I'd feel f- sorry for somebody losing the competition as much as I do Here for Veronica. No stress. All right, well, Veronica, you were very magnanimous in defeat. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Have you found the wedding ring in the last seven days? No, but on Saturday morning, Jim came in and made a huge gesture. He gave me the wedding ring out of the barn back. <laughs> so are you happy out and unsorted? Thrilled a bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you wouldn't believe what happened to me on Friday afternoon. Okay. I got a call from Tim Keane, who owns okay. Michelle Jewellers, right? And he joins me by phone. Timothy, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Good and morning, we had, Veronica. And we, morning, had, and we had a little chat and you came up with a suggestion, Tim. I did indeed. I was so impressed, Veronica, about your story. And I said, you know what? It's nice to bring a bit of good cheer. Forget the advertising and that, but to bring a bit of good cheer. So, Veronica, we're going to replace your wedding ring to you, free of, <laughs> say, free of charge. Thank you so much. That's brilliant. Um, Tim, are you, surprise. Yeah, are you aware that she bought and got the original one in Michelle? I was after listening to the show last week, of course. <laughs> we went to a wedding fair. I can't remember, was it Silver Springs or where? And you were there yourself, Tim. And probably was rings. Silver Springs. They were the main one doing the wedding fair. Yeah. Saw the rings so and they were totally different to what we'd seen anywhere else. And we went back in the following Saturday and we bought them. Would it, would it be well, at all possible, Tim, would it be at all possible to replace it with the exact one? Or do, do wedding rings change in design and stuff over years? Oh, they do, yeah. Yeah. They changed. I mean, since then, how long, how long ago was it? Just 26 years ago, Neil, in fairness. <laughs> the style has changed a bit since then, all right. Like the rest of us, Tim, so we all changed in that time. You were probably in short pants back then. <laughs> I was, of course. 
I was only barely over to see the count, barely oh, over to see over the count. Boy. A lot of water under the bridge since then. So, do you think you might go for something similar, Veronica, or something completely different? Do you know, I leave it up to Tim, really. The experts are the, are the ones. You'd have to match it with the engagement ring as well, anyway. Well, no better boy to do all of that for you than Tim Keane, I can tell you. I can't believe it. Thank you so much. I, 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 do you know something? I kind of half thought he would do that. I kind of was half expecting the phone call, if I'm to be honest. He's that kind of guy. So I'm glad that he did call. Thank you, Tim. Thank you so much. No problem. So, thank you Veronica, so much, Tim. We'll and thank you so much. And we'll arrange to meet. Brilliant. Thank you so much. And I want that Barnbrack ring off your finger before your ring before your ring finger turns green. Do you hear me? One second, I put it on. You have to get the real thing, girl. Well, I don't know when it's going to happen. Might happen tomorrow. Might happen early next week. But I want to see a photograph of it, Veronica. All right. No problem. Thank you so much. Listen, I'm delighted. It's not me. It's Tim Keane, and it's the good people of Michelle on Patrick Street. Tim, you're amazing. Nice one. No problem. You're welcome. I'm delighted to bring a smile to your face. That's All right. Take care, Veronica. Well done. Come Thanks back to me with the photograph. Great news. And tell Jim as well. Tim, how's it going Chris, with the run-up to Christmas? Are you expecting it to be good? I'm hoping to be, yeah. If the figures go down a bit, I'm a bit nervous about what's coming. Mm. Like everyone, yeah. I suppose. You gotta know, put, you gotta put your best foot forward. Coming, being yeah. honest with you. But like but everybody I mean, else, like everybody else, we can only hope for the best and see what each day brings us. Well, I mean, there's the financial guys are saying that the country is so much in savings, it's never had so much. So hopefully that's a sign that people haven't been on holidays, they haven't been away. Yeah. That they'll be buying something a bit better, you know? A nice bit of jewellery then this Christmas with all the money they've saved, all right? That's it. Fair fair play, Tim. Fair play as always. Thank you for everything. Neil, as always. Yeah, you're the greatest. You're just one in a million. One of Cork's gentlemen, the great Tim Keane and Michelle. Thank you. Have a great weekend. If you're buying a bit of jewellery this Christmas time, would you please look into Michelle because they help and support us and we should help and support them. And he's just one heck of a good guy. Free Food Friday winners for this week. Uh, we would love some tasty pizza, Neil, for all of us at D&B Electrical Maintenance on the Toker Road. If there's not 15 of you, Saoirse, would you ever share it with some of the other businesses around you, courtesy of ourselves and Oak Fire Pizza. So congratulations, Saoirse, and everybody at D&B Electrical Maintenance. Now, let me turn around here, get me a bit of paperwork here for you and get myself sorted. Where did I put that feckin' bit of paper now? It's there somewhere. Anyway, I know that it's two. Yeah, I have it. It's two prizes. Each prize is worth €200 Euro gift cards that you can then spend at Douglas Village Shopping Centre. Okay, they're celebrating their 50th birthday this week. So you need to identify the song, the film, the event that happened and the year. It's quite straightforward. We will take two winners, two qualifiers, callers 10 and 11, 1850 Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> He kneels as he's done in other countries to kiss the ground as though to say he too is a man he too lives on earth. 1850-104-106 get dialing. Try and feature as many Cork artists as we can on this here radio programme and today is no exception. Sparkle have released their third single from their debut EP. The EP's called Long Away Home. The new song is called Mistake and this is a rocky number. Well done to the girls. Have a listen.
to Neil Prenderville now. 1851-04106. Red FM. And a very special happy birthday for tomorrow to a good friend of mine, Betty Hennessy, down in y'all. Happy birthday for you tomorrow, Betty. Hope you have a great day and the Kevin spoils you absolutely rotten. She's a great girl and always listening and I have a great time for us. Happy birthday, Betty. Meanwhile, Jerry is in Balancholic. Jerry, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Her plate, your boy. Suzanne O'Sullivan is in Balancholic as well. So, someone in Balancholic is going to win. In fact, both of you, if you play your cards right. Suzanne, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? I'm well. So, Balancholic taken over this morning. 200 euro gift cards for Douglas Village Shopping Centre. You'd come all the way over to Douglas, would you, to spend them, lads, yeah? Oh, absolutely. No problem. Okay. (laughs) You'd give it up, though, Jerry, would you? You'd give it up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, smart Balancholic. What? I give it to my missus. That's the same old story with all us men. We just give it to the missus. Okay, so here we go. This is uh, four pieces. You're first, Jerry. So you will you will give me the film. Uh, after that, Suzanne, you will give me the song. After that, you will give me the event, uh, Jerry. And finally, Suzanne, you will give me the year. Are you ready? Yes. You're working together now, lads, for the sake and the glory of Balancholic. Here we go. You're starting, Jerry. Here we go. <laughs> The film. Alien. The song, Suzanne. Of the The event, Jerry. John Paul II's visit to Ireland. And finally, Suzanne, the year. 1979. Okay, let me just pick you up on one bit. The song. Give it to me again, Suzanne. Up the Junction by Squeeze. Well done. You gave me the whole nine yards. Fair play to you. Yeah. And the film, who remembers it in 79? Do both of you remember it? It was the year I was born, so no, I don't remember it. <laughs> you don't recall <laughs> Do you ever watch Alien, though, Suzanne? No, but my husband's a film boss, so he told me Go watch it at the weekend. Let me know what you think of it on Monday. What did you think of it, Jerry? Great. Really great. <laughs> and Pope John Paul II visited Ireland in 1979. Congratulations to you both. We got 200 euro vouchers for Douglas Village Shopping Centre for both of you. Congratulations. Have a great Thank weekend. You. Have a great Take care. All the best. Last bit of business before I leave you. We have been uh, giving away cash all week long for Grana Broker Credit Union. Today is no exception. Today, though, it's 400 euro. So, how well do you guys know your north side? Rona Braher Credit Union want to know, and so do I. And next week, we will do more cash giveaways, including a massive... 3,000 euro giveaway 3,000 euro in cash courtesy of Grana Braha Credit Union so for today here are your clues now uh, Victoria once lay claim to this spot but what I'm saying to you now at this point in time is you might be defensive in your answer where is it? where am I talking about? north of the river you might be defensive in your answer where is it? Should be straightforward enough if you're on the ball. Get dialing now, one 106 If you are right and you're caller 11, you will win €400 Euro cash, courtesy of ourselves and Grana Braher Credit Union. Our lines will stay open at one 106 Text 86 Have a good weekend, boys and girls. I'll see you Monday. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.